Hello, listeners to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. This is Simon Miller, just with a little quick update about today's episode. So I recorded a Patreon episode on Monday. If you don't know, uh, you can go over to my Patreon right now, patreon.com forward slash Simon316, and you can come on the podcast as well as a bunch of other rewards. And it was meant to go up yesterday before the main podcast, but life kicked my ass. Basically, it's his tax season, as I'm sure many of you will know if you are a freelancer too, and I'm well behind and it's only now that I've been able to get this up. So I do apologize. What I've done is I have taken both episodes of this week and I've combined them into one bumper one, which is probably why you're seeing that long running time. But going by some of the numbers and some of the audience feedback as of late, I think people may prefer this. So get in touch with me at Simon316 and let me know. But nice and simple, after the first 50 minutes or so of the live show that we did on YouTube that now goes up onto the podcast feed, you will segue straight into my chat with James, a very, very nice supporter of mine, where we also talk about other things things going down in this wrestling week and hey if you listen to my shows while doing cardio i've just given you a reason to go a little bit longer thanks for listening and i love you live from parts unknown you're listening to simon miller's pro wrestling podcast the only wrestling podcast on the planet we think sit back relax prepare for positivity to run through your veins as simon miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio it is Miller time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, where for some reason my lights make it look like I've never slept and i got a really red face. Oh well, never mind. Uh, that's life. I haven't really slept there. I've got a damn cold again. Miller just gets ill all the time now. We had a good 30 years of never getting ill, and now I'm getting ill. But thank you very much for joining me today. As always, a big shout out to everyone that's live in the YouTube chat right now. I appreciate it. Already seen that some people have thrown some super chats in there. All of you get hand on the hearts for that. I appreciate it. Any super chat obviously allows me to keep doing this. And again, if you want to do a super chat, you can. You can ask any question you want. Make a statement. Call me an asshole. Whatever you want to do, you're absolutely allowed to do. Uh, and look, if you are on my YouTube channel, right, give me a subscribe. What are we up to now? YouTube numbers. 91.3 on the road. Can we get to 100,000 before the end of the year? Very unlikely, but you never, never know. And of course, another shout out to everyone listening on the podcast version right now. iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, everything like that. You can check out Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. And I'll say this. What's that? Oh, I spilled something on my microphone. Yeah. And I'll say this just because we are uh, you know, a few weeks away from Christmas. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. Why not buy some wrestling merchandise for your nearest and dearest? Can you imagine? What is this? Oh, it's the bald guy I kind of like on YouTube. Don't know what you're talking about. Raw was good though, wasn't it? Um, well, I don't know. It's weird. Like, as I've said before, I always try and stay... Well, I do. I stay off social media and the internet before I've seen the show because... I, I don't think it would happen with me, but I subscribe to this idea that maybe other people's opinions would get in your head, and I don't want to be influenced, right? I always want, even though some people think I'm biased, whatever, I like to be as honest and transparent as possible, and to me, the thing with Raw is the good bits were great, and the bad bits were really bad, but there weren't that many bad bits. There were a bit of meh bits, but to me, meh bits, there's no point jumping down. It's a three-hour show, right? You're always going to get average bits on stuff like that, but yeah, the, the best thing to me was the Seth Rollins stuff, and as my man Derek Arlen, the super chat, massive support of the show. Derek, thank you so much. Uh, he said, I wanted to get this in before going to work. To me, this is the best Seth has looked in a long time, and I am again invested in his character. Hell, the authors of Pain are being used, and I'm always up for that. You're 100% correct, and you have echoed my own thoughts and my own sentiments exactly. 
that promo that Seth Rollins cut on Raw was absolutely brilliant. It was believable. It was based in reality. It was WWE listening to the reaction that he's been getting from the fans. It allowed the crowd to boo him. It allowed Seth Rollins to bark back. Everything he's saying wasn't necessarily untrue. It was just the place where he was coming from that was a bit controversial. It was great. It was 100% the right thing for WWE to do. I thought the shot of Seth Rollins standing next to AOP looked great. They absolutely kicked the crap out of Kevin Owens, which is what you want. You've got to make sure we underline this is our now our top heel. It's a crazy journey. If I had told you this is what was going to happen after he won the Royal Rumble and pretty much universally we were all behind him, that we were going to have a heel turn before the end of the year, I don't think you would have believed me. But who even cares? Who even cares? Like, it, the coolest thing about wrestling is that we can go on these adventures that, you know, take twists and turns when we listen organically. Hate that word, but we're using it. Listening organically to the fan base and what they want and what they don't want. And it, it was like we were desperate to boo Roman Reigns at one point, but we weren't going to do it. And again, now people, because they like to be smarky, going, when it goes to show that Roman Reigns is more important than Seth Rollins, I don't care about stuff like that. I care about what we're doing in the here and now. And in the here and now, we have taken Seth, And we have done exactly what we should have done. It almost justifies everything at Hell in a Cell. Probably not. But that's how much I enjoyed the whole. And it wasn't a super long-term thing. But it's been going on for about a month. You know, it's been going on since Survivor Series. We've been planting these seeds. So we didn't rush it. Hopefully, I assume Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins will be announced for TLC. Even if it's not, you can continue to build. Just... Just great all round. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Derek. Uh, Non-WWE guy in the super chat. Thank you, my friend. Just says, why won't WWE give Alistair Black a manager? Didn't even know that was something we were clambering for, but this is why I love this show. This is why I love doing it as well. I love my Patreon, my super chats, everything. You never know what's going on in people's minds. I don't think he needs a manager. I think that would kind of uh, deflate his aura a little bit. It comes across like a bit creepy and a bit weird. I think you want to, not weird, that's not the right word, but alternative. I think you want to keep that alive. I don't think Alistair Black needs a manager. Very excited for Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy at TLC. Please don't put it on the pre-show, WWE. Uh, I think that could be great. And shout out to Shelby Lynn, the super chat, who very rightfully pointed out Rusev looked like he was having a blast like like he did. Rusev looked like he was a great time. He's wearing a Donald Duck t-shirt. Not going to lie, too long... Too annoying, that segment for me. Uh, I went into it with a, with a positive mindset, as I always do. Lana started to grate on me. I didn't really understand the point of it. And it went on, like I say, for 762 years. And by the end of it, I was like, I'm quite happy to, I'm quite happy to move on. So that wasn't uh, for me. But you're right. You can't, I can't criticize Rusev, Lana, and Bobby Lashley, who have bought into this as much as anybody was ever going to buy into a narrative like this. And they've done their best with it. Bit weird that their first match is a tables match. That's WWE and stipulations for you. Um, but yeah, let me know what you thought about the divorce. Hilarious to see a divorce live on TV. Uh, I say this on ups and downs. Again, if you're watching this live on YouTube, 40 minutes. So I'll be a bit later today. I was a bit delayed for, for many reasons. Uh, but later on today, ups and downs for Raw and What Culture. Check it out. But, you know, it, it ticked all the normal divorce proceeding boxes. You know, we had, the, we had the wrestling match signed at the end. And we had someone get thrown through a table. And we had our entrance music. And we had a host. You need all of that. When, you, <laughs> when you're going through a divorce. Oh, man, did it make me laugh. Yeah, it just, it wasn't, I agree that Rusev was having the time of his life. It's kind of weird because I kind of get the same sensation from the Kabuki Warriors. They look like they've really just bought into this heel turn, like we're going to have fun with it. And I feel like that transcends through my TV. And while Rusev is doing the same, I guess the angle has kind of jumped the shark for me. 
And yeah, I, I didn't need a divorce court to, to start Raw, especially one that went about what? It felt like 30 minutes. It probably wasn't that long, but it felt like, it's just not for me. Doesn't mean it was bad. Doesn't mean it was good. It just means as a wrestling fan, when I sat there thinking to myself, am I getting anything out of this? My answer was no. <laughs> However, tie that into the Seth Rollins stuff. Again, I thought the build throughout the whole show was great. Like, you know, you start off with Seth Rollins kind of talking crazy, saying, you know, I'm going to allow you to get beaten up by the AOP, Kevin Owens, because I'm sick of you. You don't believe me. I'm going to make the unpopular choice, but the only choice I'm able to make. And then, yeah, we just kept teasing, teasing, teasing. I like the reveal, like a little bit cheesy with the hood and pulling up, but that's, how, that's pro wrestling, man. Let's, uh, let's not shy away from that. And giving Kevin Owens a curb stop on the concrete as the AOP just watched on. And also the Authors of Pain slamming Kevin Owens into the car door, which looked absolutely vicious. Just awesome. Awesome all around. Best heel turn I can remember. And I'll tell you what else I loved about it. We finally got a reason as to why somebody has changed their character. And people come to me all the time and say, I'm an idiot, fine, whatever. Lacey Evans is probably a great baby face, but I've had no reason as to why. Even kind of Bailey didn't give me a reason. AJ Styles didn't give me a reason. Uh, not Kevin Owens kind of turning face didn't give me a reason. But his whole thing, you know, was a bit crazy since he came back. But it's so much more satisfying and it's so much more rewarding when you've watched the TV show and you know why Seth Rollins has done this. And then he explains it with a proper passion promo. It just makes it all the more exciting. And it makes you hate him even more because you hear what he's saying. And you're like, well, you kind of got a point, but I hate the way you're going about it. It's the best heel turn for me in years. And it's probably one I'm forgetting. But again, it's, it's Seth Rollins, the master of the heel turn. Was it 2015? Whenever the hell he turned on the shield? Probably later than that. I can't remember. But that was really, really well done. Had proper motives too. And now this one has a motive as well. That's all you need. It's so simple sometimes. I think we forget that. You know, keeping things basic isn't the, isn't the worst thing in the world. Somebody mentioned Daniel Bryan's heel turn. I like Daniel Bryan's heel turn. We double down on it, right? And I'll say the same thing with Seth Rollins if we get six months down the line. Daniel Bryan just was all over the place. And then I think WWE realized that we love him too much, which we do. We do love Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is the best. Shelby Lynn in the super chat. Thank you, Shelby. Appreciate it. It says, totally agree. Uh, the Rusev Lana thing was way too long. He just made me smile. Totally agree with that. He made me smile as well. Like, he was wearing a Donald Duck t-shirt, right? And last week he was wearing that Bob Ross t-shirt. So he's clearly having a ball with it. But at the same time, yeah, it was just, just the idea of it. I'm not 100% sure uh, where we're going, what we're doing, what the, <laughs> what the plan is. But... I assume Bobby Lashley wins on Sunday. I guess we'll do a prediction show later in the week. I guess that he wins because I don't think the WWE wants to stop this feud. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. It was just, it was just weird. It was really weird. Temujin in the super chat says, do you think WWE would do an adultery, adultery storyline these days with the genders reversed? The attitude towards women in 2019 still troubles me. What you mean? So Rusev should have been the guy cheating on, cheating on Lana. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think all things should be on the table in the modern day, uh, especially where, with where we're at as a society. Um, yeah, I guess I, you, you do. Well, I guess you could kind of argue that that's what they did with Aiden English with Lana and Lana did get her revenge. But then, yeah, you can also argue now it turned out that Aiden English was 100 percent right. It is difficult. I think that WWE always likes to go back to tropes. With their storytelling, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying that's just something they seem to do. Hence, I mean, look at Rusev himself. He debuted in, what, 2013, 14, something like that. And he was the evil foreign guy. And you're like, evil, evil foreign guy. 
Like, come on, man. The world is smaller than ever now with social media. Who even cares where you were born? I don't. Nothing wrong with being patriotic. I've talked about this before. There's nothing wrong with being patriotic, but it's a lottery where you get born. It's a lottery what kind of world you're born into. You know, you get people that are born into privilege and you get people that are born into poverty. So trying to tell me that I shouldn't like Rusev because he's from evil foreign lands is like it's just absolutely nonsensical. Uh, but again, that's what they that's what they go back to. So yeah, they probably should have a bit of fun and uh, you know change it, switch it up a bit when it comes to to those ideas. I guess it depends where this. I don't know how this story ends. That's my big problem with this story. Does it end with Rusev winning? But then he hasn't really won because he has to see his ex-wife, you know, necking off with Lana all the time. Does he get back with Lana? Because that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. What does Lana do after? What does Bobby Lashley do? I mean, if Rusev wins the feud, he can then go on to fight for a title or something. But yeah, I don't know what the out of this is. It's very odd. Uh, Frequently Fly in the Super Chat says, over under on how long before Seth's cheered again? I don't think it's going to be a while. I would hope, I think if we, if we do things right, it, it, it shouldn't be for ages. Um, it's a difficult one because I kind of want Kevin Owens to win the feud and cement his, you know, himself as the top baby face on Raw, but maybe that's not the best idea, given we need to look after Seth too. So I don't know. I, I don't, but I know I think you can probably keep this going easily throughout 2020 if you play your cards right. And maybe, I'm kind of talking pie in the sky stuff here, maybe you can switch it round to where you can get him back to the position he should have been as a good guy using his momentum as a bad guy, which is what we should have done back in 2016 when he returned from his knee injury, but we didn't. Maybe Seth Rollins is just much better as a bad guy, right? He could be like The Miz or a Randy Orton or a Rick Rude. You know, one of these guys that just has this, I don't like saying asshole personality because that's not fair, but, you know, just he's very good at ticking off an audience. You know, some people are really good at being the good guy. Some people are really good at being the bad guy. And I think everything we saw last night on Raw proves that Seth Rollins is, I would say he's better, I don't know, he is better at it as far as I'm concerned, especially with the story we've got going. Like it's a narrative that has so much sense in the world and he can blame fans, which again is a bit of a stereotypical thing to do, but he has a reason to blame the fans, much like The Rock did back in the late 90s because they have been being an asshole to him. I absolutely love it. Uh, my man Val Button the Super Chat says, I can only hope the smart fans, I'm avoiding the term, will keep booing Seth. It's working and I like it. I know what you mean. You don't want them now to start doing the other thing because, yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming from. I hope that we have a good enough story with the AOP and Kevin Owens and we allow Seth Rollins to keep, you know, spitting out his rhetoric that we can keep him as an absolute twonk for a while. And I think it's made Raw feel so much fresher already. Like, I don't necessarily think that Seth Rollins as the, the, the guy on Raw was, you know, was working. You could argue that from a rating standpoint too. I've always wanted to see Kevin Owens in that position and now I'm getting it. So yeah, all, all over is two thumbs up from me. It really, really is two thumbs up from me. I, I absolutely, I really, really dug it. As I did for most of Raw. Like if we move into the Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Kabuki Warrior stuff, that doesn't make any sense. And shout out to Wimplo86 who actually says, Kyrie and Oscar are my favorites. And I'm not fond of these handicap matches. I don't think it's making them look strong. I would agree. It's strange. I liked both the Charlotte and Becky Lynch ones. I thought they were really well done to try and uh, get both over in the way that they needed to. But there's always going to be the question hanging up in the air. How come the tag team champions can't beat one person? And I kind of didn't mind it so much last week because Charlotte Flair lost. But this week, Becky win one via DQ. I didn't think there was any... I didn't think there's any need to to do that. I think you can have Becky Lynch lose and she lost to the tag team champions. It doesn't affect her momentum. It doesn't affect her standing in the company. It doesn't affect her role as women's champ. I thought that was a bizarre, a bizarre choice. 
I don't get the match as well. I know that it's now been twisted. This is Becky Lynch trying to get back at Oscar to pay the debt. But that's kind of been thrown in last minute and there are easier ways to go about it. Also, the bigger point is you haven't defended your belt in like three months. Not your fault, but you should probably be defending that belt. Um, the, the cool thing about the Kabuki Warriors, like I mentioned earlier, is that they're having a ball and you can tell they're having a ball. I love Oscar's, you know, ranty promos backstage in Japanese. She sounds terrifying. They're such good workers that, you know, I always like seeing them in the ring. Even though there's some question marks around it, they have been the strongest book women tag team champions since February since they were introduced. I know not a high bar, but a bar nonetheless. I just really hope they don't lose on Sunday. I know it's going to be a TLC match. I think that's a bit ridiculous too. Uh, that, that felt forced that we're all of a sudden using chairs and tables. Why? Why don't we do a TLC match? But we'll see. I, I don't like Charlotte and Becky teaming up because it, I felt like there had to be some kind of redemption story for to actually believe that they ever would do that because they hated each other to such a degree. But it will be good because, again, Charlotte's really good. Becky really good. Kari Sane's really Oscar. I mean, they're probably four of the best women on the entire roster. So at least from our entertainment point of view, they'll have good matches, as they did on Raw. I mean, Becky versus those two was awesome. But... Yeah, there's a lot of plot holes that you can pick apart in it, should you so wish. Shout out to Jim Girdler, who's just put some money in the Super Chat. Jim, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, Michael Kennedy makes the best point of the day in the Super Chat. Who else got a migraine from Lana? I mean, that was the hardest thing about it. When she went again for about a year, I was like, I made, I can't. It's too... I understand that she's meant to be annoying, but there's always that fine line. I actually think up to this point, she's been doing really well. Uh, not so much. Not so much with this. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Geeked Out Nation, the Super Chat says, Raw and SmackDown is just so boring. They keep using cliches, being single-minded. It's bad creative, but the bad is just becoming the norm at WWE. I think you have a point overall. I thought this episode was good. I like this week's Raw. I mean, the bad to me, again, would be the confusion between Charlotte and Becky. Um, what else was there? The, you know, the... the, the Again, the, the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits, I thought was a really good four-minute match. But then you do question, well, why have we not built this up? Why are Street Profits losing in their first title match to the main roster in so quick, you know, such a quick time? That was a disconnect for me. And I think that's my major issue with Raw, is that I wanted to see the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders for the belts, because I thought it made sense. But then the way we execute it, just a bit like, well, that's... There were, you know, the Viking Raiders have been having squash matches the last few weeks. Why didn't we insert the Street Profits into little segments there with them goading Eric and Ivar or whatever? I think that would have built up to it. And, you know, the Mojo Rawley stuff was a bit... The Sami Zayn being on the show was unbelievable. I, I almost exploded. I know I get super wrestling geek about this. But how on earth we can continue this... Not, it's not the wildcard Raw now. Sami Zayn applied for a wrestler's manager's license, which has never existed in the hundred or plus so years we've been having wrestling on TV. He didn't need to be associated with Sami Zayn, uh, with um, uh, Mojo Rawley, even though maybe that's tying into some kind of group they're going to set up. But there's so many other people that can fill that void. So many other people could step into that role. I don't know why it annoys me so much, but it's just either the brand's put is real or it's not real. We're only like two weeks outside of Survivor Series and we've already, after going, oh no, it's, it's real now, we've just scrapped it. I just don't get it. Put Sami Zayn on SmackDown and put somebody else on Raw. It's the one thing that irks me more than anything. It's like, i tell you why. Because Brock Lesnar, he quit Fridays because he had to go to Mondays. Okay, but then Bailey's allowed to go to wherever she wants. That's the kind of stuff that people that don't watch wrestling ask me about. And I don't know what to tell them because it doesn't make any sense. Because stuff just happens. So yeah, that would have been in my, what the hell, uh, my hell journal. There was something else as well, but I can't remember what it is now. But no, most I thought Raw... 
No, not everything. Like Drew McIntyre versus Matt Hardy, right? Sucks that you use Matt Hardy like that because he's a legend. But when you look at Drew McIntyre, who's kind of treading water at the moment, he whooped a legend's ass. So it all depends on what direction you want them to head. I, again, would have let that built up and done it at the pay-per-view and then had Drew McIntyre beaten him because then he wouldn't have been involved in weird angles with Randy Orton where he's just walking off. But ultimately, Matt Hardy's not doing much anyway. And Drew McIntyre deserves to be pushed hard. And he beat a Hardy boy. So... It all depends on what side of the fence you fall down on. Uh, Lamel KH2 in the Super Chat says, Funhouse Bray is a chance for Bray to show off his agility. One of the major criticisms of The Fiend is that he slows the pace down for his match. Yeah, I saw so many people being mad that we're going to get normal Bray Wyatt as opposed to Firefly at uh, The Fiend. I think it's a great twist. You know, The Fiend doesn't have any beef with Bray Wyatt, doesn't have any beef with The Mist in, his, in The Miz in his past. So it makes sense why he wouldn't bring that out. That bad side, you know, he doesn't control that bad side. It's like Batman just comes out. And it makes the match far more interesting. I thought everything between The Miz and Bray Wyatt on SmackDown was good. The only criticism that I agreed with is if you're going after a younger demographic and the, uh, you know, the, the catalyst for this feud is The Miz, his family being in trouble, that may not connect with you because you probably don't have kids because you are a kid yourself. I don't have kids, but I was still able to, to vibe with it. I just thought it was really well done. And if you had told me beforehand, was it going to be that well done, I probably would have said no. So I'm not going to overly criticize... Um, criticize it too much and yeah i want to see i want to see how firefly funhouse bray wrestles if we can get a mankind situation going on here when he feels like a different character it could absolutely offer something different and that's what we want from from wrestling right do we want just another fiend match no i don't it's tlc it's the december pay-per-view it's a mini feud with the miz let's do something different you know let, let, let's stir it up uh sean gearhorn in super chat says and shout out to sean always supporting appreciate it hand on the heart for you somebody said earlier about giving alistair black a manager we saw the beginnings of a split between Zelina vega and andrade put the husband and wife together and set that program i don't know whether we saw the ending of Zelina vega and andrade i know he slammed into her and there was animosity there but it wouldn't surprise me if wwe dropped that i also don't think if Zelina vega's character works with andrade's character I'd find that a little bit off-putting. I don't, you know, much like Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch being shoved together in the summer just because they were dating. I don't, I'm kind of being a hypocrite here, but I don't always need real life to um, be mirrored in my wrestling. But of course, when Seth Rollins is doing it with his relationship with the fans, that does work. But look, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe, they, I think I think my thing is, I think Andrade benefits more from having Zelina Vega in, her, in his corner than Alistair Black does. To me, Alistair Black doesn't need a second. He's this kind of spooky interesting dude you don't really know much about and just wants to fight i think his promos are fine from his room he needs to get out of the room now he's been there a long time but yeah i, I don't i think andrade benefits more but we'll see man I, i'm happy to be proven wrong a geeked out nation the super chat says it can't be healthy that i just hate to watch raw and smackdown well it's not healthy or unhealthy my friend just don't do it that's the best thing about entertainment you can uh you can choose what to do and what not to do. And I know there's a contingent of people out there that enjoy watching Raw and SmackDown just to get mad and more power to you if that's what you want to do. I'm not going to hold that against you. But I do think sometimes when people get super wound up about things, just turn it off. Go and do something else. Watch AEW, watch NXT. Don't watch wrestling at all. It's nice to have a detox from wrestling every now and then. But don't let it bring you down. Never forget, wrestling's meant to be fun. If you're not having fun, turn it off and walk away. Go do something that puts a smile on their face. Frequently Fly says, calm down, Simon. Stuff just happens. Not true, Frequently Fly. When it comes to the wildcard rule and the brand split, split doesn't just happen. Stuff doesn't just happen. WWE tries to overly justify it every single time. And it annoys me because it's insulting to the fans. And usually I let that stuff slide. There's always an exception to the rule, 
The wild card or the brand split is it. It's not, I tell you why, it's not hard to do. Should we put Sami Zayn on Raw? No, he's SmackDown. All right, we'll get someone else. Easy, easy fix. Uh, Ice Blaze in the Super Chat says, I was waiting for the Viking Warrior versus Street Profits to have a DQ or running finish, as I'm so used to these now. Glad they let someone win. I agree with that too. Uh, I still think they should have built it up more, but totally, man, right? And that, that was a kind of another issue I had on Raw. Like, Umberto Carrillo beats um, Andrade with a surprise victory roll out of nowhere. An off an offshoot of the of the roll up, and it actually made sense for that match because you're pushing Andrade, you're pushing Umberto, Zelina Vega got involved, keep this feud going, so have um, a career win like that. But it's been so watered down and so diminished because we do it every single Raw, which we also did on this Raw too. That when you do have the surprise roll up, it's um, yeah, it doesn't feel as effective as it should, which is the opposite here, obviously, because you, you you assume that WWE is looking for their get out of jail free clause. And they don't. And they actually let somebody win. And they let the Viking Raiders win. And they are your tag team champions. This is why I didn't mind it so much. I, I minded the fact there was not a bigger build. I think that would have really made, meant it meant something. But, you know, having your tag team champions beat some challengers, hell yeah. It makes the Viking Warriors look better. Especially when... Well, no, squash matches don't do anything, right? They just don't. They've already established themselves as this dominant team. They need to be taken on named pairings. And they did. And they won. I, I find it too hard to get mad at that, even though I know uh, I know people are going to get upset because everybody just uh, <laughs> everybody just gets upset. Outside of that, I think that was mostly everything that happened on Raw, unless I'm forgetting something. Oh, Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles in the main event. I know it was a bit higgledy-piggledy because we kind of had a mistake with the finish where I think Styles was going for the Super Stars clash, but he slipped, happens, and clearly Raw went long. Because we cut off with somebody going, and the new, uh, sorry, and the still, just cut off. So we went long. So that kind of took away some of the, the the joy. And again, Rey Mysterio did actually win with the most devastating move of all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. But you have to take things in the context they're presented. And AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio are so good. And their matches are so excellent. And uh, again, it doesn't make any difference. But from my vantage point, because I do wrestle, I watch the thing they're doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they are they are brilliant. I don't, I don't care that Randy Orton got involved. I don't care that the OC got involved. I don't care that there was a roll-up to win. It's just everything else kind of overshadows that because the bar, you know, the, the level of quality is just so damn high. And it's, it's amazing. I think Ray's, what, 46? And AJ Styles is like 42. Not that that makes a massive difference. If anything, it helps because you can see all their experience. But it was just so good. It was just such a good wrestling match. It, it just blew my mind how anybody can be that good. So when you do get all the WWE-ness, I'm like, ah, whatever, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to enjoy this for what it is. So, yeah, I, I love that. I love that main event. Uh, Wimblow86 in the Super Chat says, Highlight of the night, a jobber defeats Rowan. Well, not really. A referee just called off the match after he chokeslammed him about 100 times. I don't... I, I am completely sat on the fence when it comes to Eric Rowan because it all depends what's in that cage. I like this idea of the jobber, you know, grabbing the cage, running up to the top of the, the rampway and then try and get the ref to count out Rowan. But it's all for naught if in the cage we get May Young's hand, Hornswoggle, Vince McMahon, I don't know, Stephanie McMahon, I don't know, Dildo. You know, you know, if any of these things are in that cage... The whole thing falls apart. It needs to be something excellent. And I can't think what that could be. I have absolutely no ideas. And until I know what's in it, and WWE doesn't have the best history when it comes to these kind of reveals. Yeah, I'm taking a step back. I'm not giving it an up. I'm not giving it a down. I'm not saying it's good. It's not saying it's bad. I am completely, like I say, sitting on the fence until I know. And WWE's track record is, yeah, 
Again, giant egg, right? You saw the Undertaker interview on the WWE Network with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He thought he was going to be Eggman. And that's because he knows what WWE can do. The Undertaker knows, and, and we all know. I don't even have a clue. I sat there trying to come up with ideas. I literally don't know. I don't know. I have. I, you tell me. What's in Eric Rowan's cage? It's not a euphemism. Shout out to Undef, uh, Undead FB Goo in the super chat. Always supporting. Always nice to see you, Undead. Bray on SmackDown drew me back in. I'm on the fence with WWE. The brand spit lasted. I just find I'm watching both SmackDown and Raw like, what the fuck? Yeah, I can't handle that. Yeah, no, I, I thought, honestly, the Miz Bray Wyatt program and uh, SmackDown from top to bottom was good. And it's made me want to see that match, which is the, the perfect way of me knowing that WWE did something right. I kind of struggled with the dog food thing with Roman Reigns, which I don't think we've talked about. I didn't. I don't like the fact they rubbed dog food on Roman Reigns because, again, it's one of those things that when other when non fans hear about it, they think wrestling is immature. But actually, in execution, they really did whip Roman Reigns' ass before this, and it was super aggressive. I actually quite like the angle. I just would much rather they had hit him with a chair or with with the whatever rather than rub dog food all over him. That was the only issue that I had with it. But again, yeah, the execution wasn't awful. It was done with a lot more vitriol and a lot more venom than I'm used to seeing on, on, on SmackDown. And I think if we had done anything else in that scenario, a lot of people would have been ranting and raving about how good that was. You know, and Roman was a superhero for a bit, but the numbers game got the better of him. He got beaten down. It's just a shame we have to use dog food because as we know, Roman Reigns isn't actually a dog. Although WWE seems insistent that he is. Also, I have no idea why Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin is a TLC match. But I guess we'll learn. Uh, Lake, Lake and Drick Collins, the Super Chat says, the Street Profits weekend segment was terrible. It was the canned laughter, wasn't it? It didn't help. It, was, uh, it wasn't ideal. I think they did the best of what they could do with it. I don't know why it was placed there on the show. Obviously, it's pre-record, but we'd seen them get their ass whipped by the Viking Raiders, so that made it a bit strange. Not the best. I would agree with you. Don't know why we did it either. I don't, you know, is this to transition the Street Profits to be like on-screen performers as opposed to wrestlers? I don't know. All of that was very, very weird. I didn't really take much away from it. Uh, Undead FB in the Super Chat. Could it be Liv Morgan in the cage? Do you know what? It actually could. It actually could. We had that. We had I, that was strange. Back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, I'm stealing my ups and downs jokes. But we had an ups. We had a uh, Liv Morgan on the mic saying, "I'm going to do a makeover." And then here we are, millions of years later, and all of a sudden, from nowhere, we have a commercial with Liv Morgan saying, "Oh, I'm coming back. Got a makeover." She took a long time to get that makeover. I wouldn't be shocked if she came out of Eric Rowan's cage. I really, really wouldn't. And then we teamed, uh, we teamed those two up. In fact, it's probably going to happen. Some people have tried to suggest that during that vignette, there were echoes of Bray Wyatt's theme music. I don't hear it. I could be wrong. There's this long-standing rumor that you know Bray Wyatt and Liv Morgan are actually a pairing. The fact that aired on Raw makes me think she's coming back to Raw. But who knows, right? Who, whoever knows with that stuff. But I, 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 you know, I want to see her back. I thought she was good in that Charlotte match back in 1842. I liked her a lot. I think Liv Morgan has something. Let's see what the makeover is. Thing is, the Harley Quinn movie's out soon. I worry. This could be an Emelina situation. Sean Gihon in the Super Chat says, Do you think WWE will give the women's tag belts to Becky and Charlotte to set up a horsewomen tag title match for the Rumble, keep both singles titles intact, and probably keeps them out of the Rumble itself? Probably, but I just... I don't want to see Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair as tag team champions. I want to see the Kabuki Warriors as tag team champions. And I want to see the Kabuki Warriors taking on other teams 
that are built up to look like, I don't know, credible opponents. And if you have the tag belts on Becky Lynch, she's not going to defend that Raw championship either. I think the Raw Rumble is probably going to be Oscar versus Becky Lynch one-on-one, and then Becky Lynch can get her win back that she lost last year. But again, what you do on Sunday, I don't know. They probably will win. They probably will win, but who knows, right? Uh, I, I can't figure this one out. I don't know what the end goal is, and I don't know why Becky Lynch hasn't defended her Raw title in three months. I, I really, really, really don't. But yeah, you could do that. I think the, I think if you're going to do the four horsewomen stuff, you probably want to build it to WrestleMania. But yeah, you're right. Bailey and Bank, uh, Bailey and uh, yeah, Bailey and Banks are a team, and Charlotte and Thing are a team. Just feels all over the place, doesn't it? Though doesn't really feel like two cohesive units. I don't know. You, you tell me. You tell me. But if it's executed right again, it's all about execution, as Seth Rollins showed us last night. If they do it right, and I'm, I'm, you know, I buy in and I go along for the ride, then it will be fantastic. Shout out to Dan Lemley in the super chat. He just put some money in there. Thank you, Dan. Massively, uh, massively appreciate it. So I, I'm trying to think, have I forgotten anything else that happened on Raw? Well, we've done the Street Profits. We don't need to talk about that. We've done all the backstage stuff with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. I thought that rocked. We should probably talk about the releases. Uh, there is another episode coming out today, which I did with a patron because I needed to catch up. So you can keep an eye out for that. But we do talk about this. But in terms of the live show here, look, people are now rolling their eyes going, oh, they only let Luke Harper out their deal because he was, it was due to expire in April and he's got a 90-day no-compete, so he can't wrestle till April anyway. So... But look, I, I don't worry about stuff like that. All I care about is that Luke Harper is free and he wanted to be free. And the Ascension wanted to be free and so are they. And that goes for Sin Cara as well. I don't want to get too hippy trippy as I sometimes do on these podcasts. But you know, we only have one shot at this life as far as we're aware. And while it's amazing that those guys have all lived their dream, they work for WWE, you can't debate that. I can imagine it's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword when you want to be... Uh, treated in a certain way and you're so close for that happening and yet you're you're you know you're banging heads with people or there's too much red tape luke harper is 40 next year so i'm sure that he wants to get his career back on track we haven't seen victor and connor on raw again who knows when and Sinkara has has hit the ceiling in that company so to allow them to go that on the indie scene or wherever they're going to go and ply their trade i just think is good all around so whether it's WWE being nice or it's WWE being horrible or it's a neutral thing i don't care the right thing has gone down and I think that's what's important. And ultimately, they don't really have to worry. I don't think if Brody Lee, you know, uh, Luke Harper's old indie persona, turns up in All Elite Wrestling, I, I do think it would be, um, I do think it would be a massive plus for them. But I don't think then a million more people are going to watch because I think it's a group effort. You know, there's only a few people that can move numbers like that, and there would be Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Cena. Hulk Hogan probably, if he moved to somewhere like All Elite Wrestling, because people would lose their mind. And Randy Orton would have would make a difference, but there's a select few. So I think we should just allow people to wrestle because it is a short-lived career. Unless you're really, really lucky, you never know what your next match is going to bring. People get injured all the time, so um, yeah, that's, that, that's my thoughts on that. And maybe more are coming. You know, maybe more are coming. Someone said I didn't mention the second Street Profits segment, even though we just talked about it for five minutes. Just want to let you know you can rewind and check that out should you so wish. And uh, I think, I mean, where's my notes? There they are. They're right here. Let me go through my notes just to make sure that I haven't forgotten to give either somebody a shout out or uh, <laughs> got nobody. Nobody talks like that notes written straight on my uh, <laughs> straight on my phone, which you can try and uh, you can try and guess who I am talking about this week. You should be. There was a conversation between two people that sounded like no conversation I've ever heard in my life. I mean, the only other thing is Alex, the, Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. 
which I am very, very excited about. I think it will be. I think it'll be really good if done right. And it's one of those situations where I don't know who's going to win in a good way. Uh, I feel sorry for Zack Ryder. I remember Zack Ryder doing an interview within the last 12 months where he said that he thought he may one day be WWE champion. I don't think WWE sees it that way. Buddy Murphy killed him. And as the Black went one-on-one with Tozawa, and Tozawa got more efforts in than Zack Ryder did. Uh, but that's a cool matchup. And again, like the, the guy said earlier, if we actually have a finish here and we don't do any cop-outs, great. I want both of them to be pushed, but if you're focusing on Alistair Black for now, fine. Focus on him, then make sure you rehab Buddy Murphy as and when and vice versa. Make the choice and stick to it. As long as they go in there and smash it and aren't put on the damn pre-show, I'll be happy. Shout out to my man, Anthony Taggle. Always an awesome supporter. Nice to see you, T-Dog. Here to say hi, and WWE finally did it and changed the Kabuki Warriors entrance music. I legitimately popped for that. Hope all is well, mate. Hand on heart. Thanks, dude. Yeah, they did. I mean, they did that last week, I think, or maybe two weeks, whenever it was. Such a relief to my ears. I hate the cross-fading music. Again, because it's lazy. I think laziness is the thing that turns me into a wrestling nerd. When there's no need for it and you do it anyway, I'm like, man, that would take 10 minutes to sort out. It's quite good music as well. It's grown on me. It matches their their personas. I like Kyrie Sane's new look. I think she looks badass. They're just a great tag team. They're just great. And everybody, you know, I don't really see them as heels because I really like them and I want them to win because they're so good. But at least they have embraced it in the way that you'd want them to. I really like them. I really like that team. I, I think they're great. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. And yeah, because when you've got proper music as well, you feel like a proper team. Who else was doing it recently? Oh, I can't. I'm not even going to think about it. But just, just give people music. Even if you just go into your stock category library and pick something, that's fine. Uh, Carl Lincoln, the Super Chat says, here's a dollar for every day of each week. <laughs> Should Hell in a Cell and TLC be cuts? So they don't make chamber and money. Uh, let me start again. Should Hell in a Cell and TLC be cut so they don't make the chamber and money in the bank look bad as pay-per-view gimmicks? I think the problem with Hell in a Cell and TLC is that, again, as we saw back in October, and as we're already seeing for next or this week, we come up, we, we work backwards. We don't build a story that should then, oh, we have to have it in a, in a hell in a cell because that's the last thing. Like Michaels and Undertaker back in 97, we say to ourselves, well, we have a hell in a cell pay-per-view. We need to put somebody in the cell. Let's just put our two biggest stars in it. And it never really works. Like, Why was Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins in there? Because we had to have one. And they're doing that at TLC. Roman and Baron Corbin doesn't need to be in there. The Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte and Becky doesn't need to be in there. Bobby Lashley versus Sting and Bob doesn't need to be a tables match. But we're doing it because it matches the pay-per-view. So in that sense, yes, I do think it's bad. Money in the Bank gets away with it because it has a reason. It has a consequence. The Elimination Chamber usually builds to WrestleMania, so that works. So they don't necessarily need to cut them, but they just need to respect the fact that we are doing it elsewhere so that we should do it here. I totally know what you mean. It's, um, I don't really mind. Like, it's a bit water of a duck's back for me. I know some people get proper frustrated. I'm just like, okay. And it does make for better matches, you know, when there's weapons and stuff involved. So, yeah, I, I think it's important to, to try and manage that. But if we are, we're not going to do it. So, yes, a little bit of sense with it would be better. Like, that's why the Royal Rumble works, because you know your main event is going to be 30 men, 30 women. And they're all fighting to be in the main event at WrestleMania. Perfect. See how easy that is to explain? And if someone goes to me, well, why is Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin having a TLC match? Well, I don't know. What's hanging above the ring? I know sometimes they do it with pinfalls, but sometimes they hang it with the ring. Is it going to be a can of dog food? Is it going to be a dog chain? Is it going to be an actual dog? Vince Russo comes back. Richard Dalloway in Super Chat says, As a postman, I don't have time for wrestling. Thank goodness for Miller. <laughs> You're very welcome, Richard. Remember, I watch wrestling so you don't have to. And thank you very much for delivering post. It's really important. Everybody loves post. No matter how old you are, 5, 15, 25, 35, 45, 55 plus, everybody enjoys getting mail. 
he says, looking at his envelope today, uh, his letterbox today. No, no post, no mail. Uh, on that note as well, signmiller.bigcartel.com. If you'd like some merchandise mail, you can get it. And also shout out to pinsandknuckles.com. They sponsor my podcast very, very kindly. You can go there for all your merchandise needs. They can make you t-shirts. And they also have their own t-shirt store, which is pinsandknucklesmerch.com. And I have an exclusive uh, t-shirt up there that you can get. And I also have more exclusive t-shirts over my Patreon patreon.com forward slash simon 316 or 316 there's a link in the description below and yeah you can get exclusive t-shirt you can come on my podcast literally come and talk to me for 45 minutes to an hour about anything you want when it comes to wrestling what else can you get a postcard i'll send you a postcard you can get a personalized video message there's loads of stuff on there you can join my weekly q a chats check it out if you have uh, if you have the time my mag rag have a nen in the super chat says the totally baldy roman reigns feud is just bad writing particularly the last episode of smackdown roman's comeback just got squandered by wwe yeah we've kind of all forgotten about him coming back earlier in the year to rapturous applause and rapturous love but we did with daniel bryan as well don't forget daniel bryan came back from a career ending injury and he's was feuding with big cass they're not very good at pushing baby faces. That's the issue. They are. Look at Seth Rollins, right? They're so much better at capturing what a heel's meant to be. And it's really something they need to work on. Because, yeah, we, we want to get behind Daniel Bryan. You want to get behind Roman Reigns. But they don't do really do it in a way that allows it to happen. Although they have, Roman Reigns is getting more cheers than he used to be, though. If you're, if you're grading it on a curve, we're definitely on, on an upward trend. We mentioned Big Cass as well. I don't know whether you saw. I think he deleted the tweet now. But he basically threatened to kill Joey Janela. If uh, Joey Janela kept talking about him and him and Enzo, I'm going to take a little bit of a different tact with this. If you have been following Big Cass's problems the last few months, he's clearly struggling a lot with personal issues. I do believe, I think so, we'll say apparently to, to cover ourselves, that he has accepted uh, rehab uh, help from WWE. So all I will say is that I hope that he is getting that. I hope he is getting the assistance. I don't think he, his head is in the right place. Uh, and that can make you say and do stupid things. So that's my take on that. Mental health is a very serious issue. I can imagine it's quite prevalent in wrestling given the long days and the uh, impact that you know it has on your body. But disturbing, I will say. And that's all I'll say about it. Uh, Should get Horn Super Chat says, Black Mass is the best finisher in wrestling. Reminds me of Sweet Chin Music back in the day. HBK was the only person doing a super kick just more devastating. I agree. And you know the Black Mass is good because when he whammed it on Tozawa last night, the crowd came alive. Nobody had really made any sound during that match. They sat on their hands for one reason or another. And then he slammed him with that Black Mass and everybody made a noise. Everybody. And it was so good. Um, and that's half the battle. Having a finisher that people believe in. And people totally believe in that black mask because he properly wallops people. It must hurt like hell. But no, it's true. I mean, best finishes right now. I'll always like the stunner. I know there's an asterisk over that, but I'll always like the stunner. Black mask is in there. I like Murphy's Law, the Murphy effect, whatever the hell he calls it. I always get it wrong. Other than that, I mean, we've got some arm bars. We've got the Oscar lock. Charlotte does, you know, figure eight spears. End of, end of days is quite good, actually. I put end of days in there. Always looks, you know, when people, when he wins with the end of days, Baron Corbin, I'm like, yeah, that looks like it could beat someone. So, but yeah, I think Black Mass is probably number one. Let me know in the chat. What's the best finisher in WWE right now? Go. Ice Blaze in the Super Chat says, uh, laughing, dog among the ring, kennel from heaven match. Hey, I tell you, I tell you, if Vince Russo was, uh, was still there, he would suggest it. And he would suggest stuff on polls. And he would suggest, don't, if, you're, if you're a new wrestling fan, in WCW, probably 2000, uh, my timeline is not great. We had a Viagra on a pole match. 
Viagra on a pole. What was the winner going to do? Take some and just crack one off in the ring? We had a Judy Bagwell on a pole. We had a rat on a pole. Everything was on a damn pole. So you can bet your ass if Vince Russo was back, he would do a kennel from heaven match. And a dog would be hanging from the ring. And whoever gets the dog first wins. Everyone is saying RKO. It's a good point. The RKO is the best finisher in WWE. Uh, so, someone says the roll up, blast my ass off. That's good. Insane elbow, also a good shout. <laughs> the Cobra doesn't count. He's gone. Santino's not around. I think the RKO is probably the best. Marcus says the curb stomp. I don't, I, to me, the curb stomp has been watered down. Like, even when he hit it on Raw, on the concrete, I kind of went, yeah. It's good because I know what it means in context. But yeah, I didn't think it, uh, it doesn't have the same impact as it once did. Hopefully, we, we can rebuild that. I think RKO is in there. A few people like the insane elbow. Claymore kick, that's a good shout. So there are some good finishes in there. I think it's all about the execution, right, as we keep talking about. Uh, shout out to Press in the Super Chat, who says, Sup, Miller. Are WWE falling behind with heels faces? I love AEW's approach where they just let their stars be human beings and do what they feel like. I think WWE has fallen behind in baby faces. I don't mind WWE being a company that does have good guys and bad guys, Vince McMahon 97. But I, you know, I don't want AEW and WWE to copy each other. I want them to do different things. And if WWE is going to be the more old school product, they just need to create some baby faces that you can get behind, which is why I'm excited about Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens ticks all those boxes. I want to see him do well. He never annoys me in this segment. I'm excited to see him. I think his match quality is great. He can cut a promo. He's funny. He's witty. You know, these are all the things that make a great baby face, but you need to be pushed. You need to win matches. You need to win belts. You need to win feuds. And I can't, aside from, aside from John Cena, look at Seth Rollins, right? Look at Roman Reigns. WWE hasn't necessarily pulled the trigger on those guys. So, that's that i don't think they're falling behind i just think they need to go back to what used to work for them and i'm more than happy for aew to keep painting those shades of gray that's great that's awesome it means i can kind of pick and choose in aew whereas in wwe they can try and make me care nothing wrong with that as long as it's done right and i don't think it has been for a while but i do think we're in a better position now than we have been i truly do i you know, Kevin Owens is the right guy to fill that role. Seth Rollins is right to be a heel. Roman Reigns is an anomaly, but let's see how he gets on with Baron Corbin and whatever he does afterwards. The Fiend fits that role. You know, Bray Wyatt the Fiend is good, bad, indifferent. Some people, you know, he goes all over the place. So they have kind of got a nice balance, but we just need more good guys. We need, we need more faces that people really care and that people really want to see. Like when I tune into All Elite Wrestling, I really want to see Cody Rhodes, right? I just love him. And I get excited when he comes out. Um, Kevin Owens does have a similar feeling, but before we, we got here, didn't really feel that way about Seth, didn't really feel that way about Roman. Respect them, incredible wrestlers. But, you know, I always say, I always talk about your guy in wrestling. It's like a... It's a feeling. It's a reaction in your stomach. And the one I always use is late 90s. I knew Chris Jericho was great, but he wasn't my guy because I picked other people for, for whatever reason. Other people, you know, Chris Jericho was the best person they'd ever seen in their life. And we need more of that, that more natural, I'm just warming to this guy and I'm not 100% sure why. That's what WWE can do better. Uh, Rag having again in the super chat. Appreciate it today, my friend. Uh, we just love the tallies on ups and downs. We need a jobber tally whenever Eric Rowan or Viking Raiders squash jobbers. Also a roll-up tally for 2020. A lot of people message me about the roll-up tally. I can't do it because I like to try and keep ups and downs fresh and different. We would run that joke into the ground so fast, there'd be like 72 on every episode, I think people would get sick of it. So you are right, though. And if Eric Rowan does keep squashing jobbers, maybe we will bring that in. Again, the whole Eric Rowan thing is what's in the cage. Let me know in the chat. What is in Eric Rowan's cage? I want to know. Serious answers. No joke. You can joke if you want. But I want serious, serious, serious answers. 
what we'll do as well, uh, if you've got any questions you want to ask, throw them in the chat and we'll do some we'll do a quick fire QA, because that's always fun. Um, we should also mention the NWM Batista going into the Hall of Fame. Congrats to all of them. Uh, I was more excited about the Batista news because I just love Batista. I think he's great. Kind of think it's weird when groups go in, but I understand they're a name. Yeah, I, I think it's been a great 12 months for Dave Batista. This is how he can sort of draw a line under his wrestling career. I think he'll do a good speech. I think he deserves it. I think he's awesome. Big Dave, man. Underrated and sometimes pegged as a you know, uh, oh, he's just a big guy. I mean, he was, but he, he did more than that. Like, he had a great feud with The Undertaker, a great feud with Edge and Randy Orton and John Cena. I like, and, and Triple H. I really like Batista. I was a big fan of him back in the day. And I always appreciated that when he came back, he didn't necessarily assume he should be a good guy. He tried to play into the audience and what they, uh, and what they thought it would be. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. Batista is a great shout. And the NWA will be cool as well, right? Hogan, Scott Hall, Nash, Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman now in with DX and NWO, but not as X-Pac. It was Sean Waltman. So, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, right, what have we got? Someone said a skunk. This is what's in Eric Rowan's cage. Uh, so there was a rumor that it was a skunk. It better not be a skunk. That sucks. Um, Luke Harper's contract, not true anymore because he's been let out. So we know that one. Mark Henry's hand child. That's kind of amazing because I make that joke on ups and downs and you haven't seen it yet. So fair play. Rats. See, these are all bad answers. Not because you're, you're saying bad answers, but if they come, if that's what comes out, that's going to suck. <laughs> uh, people asking when ups and downs is it will be soon. I got it to them really late today. Uh, I don't know what you can tell by my voice. I'm, I'm kind of, I got a damn cold. It's a long story, uh, a long story today, but uh, soon. Keep an eye on what culture ups and downs will be up soon. Of course, if you've listened to this podcast already up, go check it out. Um, someone's asked me the meaning of life. Be happy, dude. The meaning of life is to be happy because if you're happy, nothing else matters. Who else would I like to see in the Hall of Fame for 2020? Well, who I'd like to see is different. I mean, The Undertaker, The Rock, but they won't go in because we've got our two headliners. I'd like to see Christian go in. I would like... Uh, man, outside of that, it's really hard to think who else could even be who could even be in there. You know, I don't know. I'll go with Christian. Christian will be the one person I throw out there because I can't, um, I can't, I can't think who else. Who else is from the Attitude Era that probably hasn't gone in that should do? Dudley Boys are in. Maybe Matt Hardy, but he's still active. I know most people like to be retired before they get out, but Matt Hardy gives it. I know that Jeff Hardy's going through some stuff at the moment, and shout out to him. I hope he does all right. But um. I know, we'll, we, we, we will see. Uh, Simon, Chris Jericho or MJF as the best heel? For 2019, Chris Jericho. I mean, Chris Jericho, while not really a heel because everybody loves him, Chris Jericho's had another transformative year, which he somehow seems to do every 12 months. Uh, you know, definitely, I think, in most people's top fives for best of 2019. MJF is incredible and will be an amazing character and performer down the line. But Chris Jericho is everything you want from wrestling. He is... Um, he is great. <laughs> Covington versus Usman. Thoughts on who would win? Getting some UFC chat in there. I mean, probably, uh, I'll never go with Covington. i go with Usman for, for reasons we won't go into. Did anybody else see uh, Alistair Overeem's lip get knocked off his mouth this week? I know there have been worse knockouts and obviously the more dire consequences. But in terms of my reaction, that has got to be the worst thing I've ever seen. My word. Also, as we are talking about combat sports, shout out to Anthony Joshua versus Andrew Ruiz. A lot of people got an AJ's back. It wasn't the most exciting fight in the world. But if, like me, you just appreciate what boxing is as opposed to it being a massive fight, I thought he was great. And I thought he knew exactly what he needed to do to win and then move his career on. A lot of pressure. Smashed it. I liked it. Shout out to Anthony Joshua. Uh, the King Slam, the Super Chat, much appreciated. It says, 
What was your favorite WrestleMania and why is mine 31? WrestleMania 31 is good, dude. Especially because going into it, everyone thought it was going to suck. You got the Seth Rollins steal at the end. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns before that is good. Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton is good with that finish. All the ladder matches are good. WrestleMania 31 is really good. Mine's boring. It's WrestleMania 17 or WrestleMania 17X, whatever the hell they call it. X7. It's a boring answer, but I was at the right age for it. Every match was just crazy. Seeing it in an arena like that at the time was amazing. Had the TLC match with obviously the Dudleys, Edge and Christian and the Hardys. It was just incredible. And I, you know, I still can't get over that Edge Jeff Hardy spot. Um, it's just an awesome, and it's not too long because it was before the era of having to run things for seven hours. So yeah, ticks around for WrestleMania, WrestleMania 17. Do you think Matt Hardy deserves the position he is in right now? We talk about this on ups and downs. It's hard for me. I would like Matt Hardy to be used more but you do want to get Drew McIntyre over. And to me, it does mean something that he beat Matt Hardy. So it's, it's like a bit of a table tennis ping pong game. It's hard to, it's hard to work out, but um, I would like, I would, I think Matt Hardy is great and I don't think he gets his due and I would like him to get his due. Uh, under an FBQ in the super chat. Did you see being the elite? I'm so behind now. Kenny telling Matt Jackson who was running that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Also the dark order kept appearing. That's a great line. That's a great line because obviously that's the line between NXT and AEW. It is a good show being the elite. You can miss it. Excuse me. And you don't have to worry about it. But I do love that. And I like all the Dark Order stuff. I saw the one clip of somebody pulling off one of the Dark Order like telephone numbers. I love the fact that I understand what the Dark Order is and more power to all elite wrestling for taking a quite popular criticism and turning it round so it worked. I will try and get into this because that sounds fun. And it is a marathon, not a sprint. They're neck and neck now as well, AEW and NXT. I love it. I hope they're neck and neck forever. I hope they're both even out at a million and sometimes someone does nine, ten and the other person does one, one. And we go back and forth and everybody's happy. That's what I want. Uh, Lake and Drick Collins the Super Chat says, who goes in the Women Hall of Fame this year? Oh, man, that's a hard question. I don't know. Victoria would be a good shout, but there was an interview with her the other day saying she doesn't know why she's been blackboarded by WWE or words to that effect. I don't think I'm doing her justice. I like to see Victoria go in there. I always appreciated her. Uh, who else out there? I don't know. I'd have to see a list. It's too hard to come up with names. Much like the men's one. It's too hard to come up with a name off the top of my head. Um, Michelle McCool, has she gone in? She'll probably go in at some point. Um, where am I going? Um, really, Drew beating Matt means something. It was forced passing of the torch, and I have a clean finish. No, it depends how you look at it, right? It meant something to me. It doesn't have to mean something to you, but me as a Matt Hardy fan, for now, before I know where it's going, I will say, wow, Drew McIntyre beat Matt Hardy really easily. Drew McIntyre's a badass. Again, again I, I perceive my own entertainment in my own way, and you're allowed to do the same as well. Is Y2J the best wrestler of the 2010s? No. Daniel Bryan would be mine. I know he was out for half of it, but in everything that happened at WrestleMania 30, the sheer joy that the crowd got from him, he never had a bad match. He's unassuming, which makes him incredibly interesting and different. Yeah, Daniel Bryan is um, Daniel Bryan is mine. Although I have to sit down and think about that more, but I think Daniel Bryan would be my would be mine. Should Paige go into the Hall of Fame? Depends how you see the Hall of Fame. Um, she had a pretty damn good career cut way too short uh but if you're looking at longevity and drawing money maybe not but if you're looking into iconic characters that you know certainly made an impression in this instance on a lot of young girls then yes she should but there is there's many avenues to go down when we're talking about hall of fames 
and nobody can agree on it. As far as I'm concerned, it's an honor and it's, it's a nice thing to get and it's a good way to rub your ego. So I'm never going to crap over it because I, I think that's horrible. Why is Drew not being used well? Well, I would argue he's not being used well or badly. He just kind of exists. I don't really know what the direction for Drew McIntyre is, but we'll see, right? We'll see after the whole after the whole Matt Hardy thing. Connor and Victor should join the Dark Order and strengthen up that stable. Not the worst idea in the world. Do not hate it. I don't want too many people to just migrate across to AEW because we know why we've talked about it. But uh, that's good. Simon, do you ever see yourself resting in trunks? No, I like my shorts. A is a shout out to my dad, Goldberg, and B, I find them really comfortable. I'm already not great at walking around with my top off. So I'm just, I'm happy in the shorts. Also, most people wear trunks. I'm going to stick with the, stick with the shorts. Um, is it because Drew doesn't sell merchandise? Well, that's a double-edged sword. The more you push in, the more merchandise he'll properly sell. Do you think they would ever induct AJ Lee into the Hall of Fame? I hope so. I think she deserves it, but it all depends on what the relationship is there with CM Punk and all of that nonsense. And lots of people ask for ups and downs. As I said, it will be there. I got it to the What Culture late today, so they have to they have to edit it. But it'll be up probably in the next sort of 30, to 30, 30 minutes to an hour. You have it before 3 p.m. You'll have it before 3 p.m. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's this episode done. We talked about Raw. We've answered some questions. We'll get into TLC later in the week, and we will see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where we're at. We've got some match. We've got the matches actually. Let's go through the matches that we do know now. I think this is the list that I made, so this may not be uh, be a hundred percent accurate. But I had it down as. Roman Reigns, King Corbin, a TLC match. New Day versus The Revival for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, because as we know, if those two don't fight every week, the world ends. Bray White versus The Miz. Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy. Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch in a TLC match. And Rusev versus Bobby Lashley, obviously with Lana in his corner, in a tables match. What else could we potentially get? I mean, there'd be things I'm completely missing. I guess you could get a match with Drew McIntyre, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the Viking Raiders versus Street Profits again. You could see WWE doing that, can't you? They love to do that kind of a stuff. I hope we don't get that many more matches. Let's keep it to a three-hour pay-per-view. There's nothing wrong with that. You are killing it with those mock commentary videos, mate. Thank you, my friend. Let's do a quick shout-out to that before they go. So I've started doing these stupid videos where I pretend I'm a backstage producer in WWE and that I'm producing... Um, the, the segments and I actually use the footage it means I have to turn off uh, monetization obviously because WWE take that down straight away as they should uh, it's their content if you haven't checked it out please do it's on my YouTube channel again just search for Simon Miller and I would like to do more but I would also like to know that they are being watched because <laughs> they take quite a while um, but if you like them please watch them please share them you know let, let's, if we can get them going that would be great if you don't want to that's fine all I will ask for my YouTube channel is to give it subscribe because I'm an, an asshole and I'd like to get to 100,000 subs because um, I just would find it amazing. I'd see it as somewhat of an achievement, and I like achieving. But yeah, check them out, and if you like them, I'll, I'll, I'll do more. Uh, my man Presh says, when do I get to talk to you about Arsenal? Whenever you'd like, my friend. I do sometimes think about maybe doing an extra show with football, but then I feel like I, maybe I'm watering myself down too much, overexposing myself. Let's find out. At Simon316, that's my Twitter. If you would actually join me to talk about football once a week on here, we'll do it like this. We'll just stream and we'll talk. Set, you know, send me a tweet just saying, yes, I want football talk or anything like that. And if I get enough, I'll do it. If not, I, will, I won't. I don't want to give you things that you don't want. And Bushman says in the Super Chat, Seth Rollins doesn't help Becky. Um, Seth Rollins, oh, I see what you mean. No, he doesn't. Well, I think they've just separated those two as much as possible, right? They have, um, they've moved them... 
they've they've I, they've moved them completely away from each other, and I think that's the best thing to do. I don't really think it worked. The whole Baron Corbin Lacey Evans things was weird. I mean, Lacey Evans is a face now. They're on different. Um, they're not on different shows at all. What am I talking about? I was thinking about Roman Reigns, <laughs> and also now Seth Rollins is a is a bad guy. Becky Lynch is a is a is a good guy. I I would keep them separate. I don't think it's the best. Uh, I don't think it's the best doing it. Thank you to Darth Monkey Balls as well. It says, please, please keep doing them comedic gold. That means a lot to me, dude. It really, really does. Uh, again, I am my, I think most of us are, but I am my harshest critic and I will overthink things to the end of days. Tie in there. So I really, I really do appreciate everyone saying nice things about those videos. And like I say, if you like them, I'll keep doing them. Uh, and on that note, we'll wrap it up. Again, all of these videos, including the ones I've just been talking about, are made possible thanks to patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316 or the 316. I know December is a very hard month financially, so don't worry if you can't. But even if you can throw a dollar in there, like I say, I'm a freelancer by trade. I like to explain myself so I don't just sound like an asshole. But I'm a freelancer by trade and you know, time is money. That's how it works when you're a freelancer. And I love doing stuff like this, but it needs to be financed. So thank you to everyone that is a patron. And if anybody could join, even at the dollar tier, it helps me know. And you can also do that at simonmiller.bigcartel.com, buy some merchandise, or you just give me a YouTube sub. That's that's fine too. Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter. Shout out to everyone that has super chatted today and everyone that has joined the Patreon. It puts a smile on my face. Genuinely humbled every time I get a notification because I know how hard it is to earn a pound or how hard it is to earn a dollar. It's not easy. And, you know, it's... Um it's just not. It's just not. Like I say, it's a really cool thing to do. Outside of that, I think that's it. I think that's everything. That's all I've got. We will be back. We've got another episode dropping later to later today. Um, I'll probably put it on YouTube tomorrow or something like that, but it'll be up for podcast subscribers. I know two in a day is a bit much, but again, I want to make sure I give back to the... Uh, to give back to the patrons um i think that's it too yeah look just enjoy enjoy aew and then xt that will go down the next 24 hours we'll try and do a gaming show tomorrow there's not a lot is going on but i think i may do my top 10 games of the year and i think we'll stream that so we can talk about it spoiler gears 5 will be in it <laughs> <laughs> in case you're interested. Otherwise, make sure you head over to What Culture WWE, What Culture Wrestling, and keep an eye out for uh, ups and downs. We'll be up soon. It's my bad that it's late. I was having a quite a crazy, crazy morning. And check out Kayfabe News, too. That ties into What Culture today. Check out Kayfabe News. Well, I say it ties into What Culture. What I mean is we did a little skit on Kayfabe News on ups and downs, which you'll see. But check out Kayfabe News. I'm going to stop ranting. I'm going to stop raving. Thank you very much for dedicating your time to me today. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling show. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, an unexpected episode on a Tuesday let you in behind the scenes, actually being filmed on Monday afternoon. But I have to run out as soon as we're done. I'm not going to be back until the early hours of tomorrow. So it's not going to go up till Tuesday morning, which of course means Raw will have happened. Uh, and we will be talking about some things that we don't know about on Raw. But that may be quite fun. You can see how well or how much I suck at trying to figure out pro wrestling. Mainly the thing I want to talk about is, of course, if you don't know, um, you will know by the time you've heard this. They are doing a live divorce on Raw this evening. And I cannot wait between Lana and Rusev because there's got to be some gold material in there. Anyway, uh, if you've never listened to the podcast before, thank you so much for joining me. We do multiple multiple episodes throughout the week some are live and you can get them live on my youtube channel just search for simon miller and subscribe but the other ones we do i love to reach out to my community that have allowed me to even make this podcast a thing i've got a pretty cool community around it don't know how i did it but i appreciate it and yeah you know everyone's got patrons and crowdfunding these days but the way i like to do mine which is patreon.com for us as simon 316 is as a tier where you can come on the podcast and we'll chat about anything you want we can do the wrestling podcast the gaming podcast hey we can do a football podcast if you want it's completely up to you and I'm very happy to say that today we've got someone coming back on. He's been on before. It's my man James, who's across the other side of the damn world. James, how are you doing today? I'm all right, Simon. How are you? 
I'm all right. I'm sick. Like I say, <laughs> I, I, I've got that awful nasal, uh, nasal uh, spin to my voice. And I had to do a video for What Culture in the early hours of this morning. Oh, no. Obviously, late last night, uh, all the news about the releases broke. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I sound terrible. <laughs> so all day I've just had people messaging me on Twitter going, Miller, what's wrong? It's like, I just got ill. Like, I do appreciate the love. And that's just my cheap way of transitioning right into what we're going to talk about to begin with. Sin Cara, The Ascension, and Luke Harper, all people who have somehow managed to completely, you know, buck the trend, I guess we'll go with when it comes to WWE. And it's, I was thinking this when I was doing the video, what a strange time we live in. What is it? Where's my calculator? My, cal my calendar. The 9th of December. So we're two weeks away from Christmas. If this had been any time in the past five years and WWE had let four people go and in the lead up to the holiday period, we would have been livid. And yet we now again, like I say, we live in this environment. We live in this, this world where we know how much Luke Harper wanted to get out thanks to Twitter. Same with... Uh, Sin Cara, he had done the same. I mean, the Ascension had never been, uh, you know, outwardly uh, loud about it, but it's quite obvious from what they would do on social media too. And now we're all elated, and now we all want to see what they're going to do. Either Connor or Victor did a tweet with the Braveheart going freedom. You know, these guys are happy to be out of WWE. So, dude, tell me what your reaction was to the news, and also I'll give you my opinion afterwards. Why do you think WWE has done this now? Because the long-standing rumor was Luke Harper was told, "Hey, not only you're not allowed to leave." you know, we're now going to extend your contract because you were away through injury and you're going to be here for a, for, for a long ass time to come. Well, it's not terribly surprising to me just because they don't, they're not used much if at all, not very well. So it wouldn't surprise me that they're like, hey, I'm very talented and I can go somewhere else and I'll shine. I mean, there's, it's a crowded field over in uh, WWE. It really is. But why now this? So why, why change your mind on the, well, the 8th of December? As we as we see it, what 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 what, what changed? I don't know. I don't. I, mean, I have an idea, but I want to get your idea first. Um, it just seems to me that there's more, even even more opportunities outside WWE. Not even just AEW. I mean, just the independent circuit seems much more tempting for people just to make a claim. There's more out there. But do you think the WWE should be worried about that though? Because obviously that's why they uh, increased Luke Harper's contract originally. Because they were like, well, no, we don't want you going and be. That's the thing I never got. They said, we don't want you going to be a success elsewhere. However, we don't think you will be a success. Therefore, we won't use you, which is the most backhanded logic ever. I mean, in my head, what I'm hoping is, is that, you know, people in WWE have taken a step back. And, you know, we talk about this war between WWE and AEW. There is, I don't think you can argue that when we're talking about the rapport around WWE or the social media approach to WWE, there is very much this idea, I know it's a vocal minority, but I'm just going with the people I have around me, that AEW good, WWE bad, right? That's the kind of, without going into storylines, or, or, but that's the kind of impression that you get, right? We hate WWE, we love AEW, just for the records because I know how the internet works, that's not how I feel, but I see that every day. Do you think that this could be WWE's way of trying to win that battle too. They're like, let's get the goodwill back. You know, let's get the goodwill of the people back. Let's try and get the fans back on side. You know, let's let's create an atmosphere that isn't, I hate this word, I really do, but everybody uses it. Everybody knows what it means. Isn't as toxic as maybe as it has been in the past. Do you think they're basically, it's Christmas time, they're just being super nice is what I'm asking. Do you think that's in WWE's makeup? Ugh, that's that's going to be a difficult one for them. I uh, Over the weekend, I was in... I was in Dallas and I had an AEW shirt on and <laughs> this is I was in a mall and this is random dude didn't 
no no context or anything. He just says, "Hey, hey, love your shirt. A or WWE needs to go away." And I'm like, See? "Really? Really? Do they need to go away or just get better?" I don't. That's a big. That's a big hole to fill. <laughs> they just go away. That's it, though, man. Right? That's what I'm talking about. This is, and I get that as well all the time. Like, and fair play to these people. Like, if you're super into this, I'm not going to hold that against you. You know, that's um, it's your life. You 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 do what you want. But ultimately. I don't want WWE to go away. I don't want AEW mm. to go away. I want Ooh. everyone to succeed. But now in the current you know, scenario that we do have, I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm just talking about it from a fan. I guess, you know, we all have our guys, right? I've told my story a thousand times of how I always respected Chris Jericho during the Attitude Era, but he was never my guy. Um, but, you know, so out of the four guys that have been released, massively respect Sin Cara, massively respect The Ascension, but... I really, really like Luke Harper. And every time I saw him, I was always like, man, you seem, you, I, don't, I don't quite understand why, you know, you're tall, you've got an interesting look, you're a bit weird in a good way, like it makes me interested in you. And WWE never seemed to, to, seem to care about that. So I'm more interested to see what he's going to do. I hope that, you know, they all have massive success. I mean, cutting a long story short here. I mean, can you see him in AEW? Because I think he is lucky in the sense he has the fan support. You also have to walk this tightrope where you don't just want to get all these. I mean, he can't do anything till March anyway because he does have a ninety-day, you know, no compete clause. But you certainly don't want to get into this TNA territory and WCW territory, where quote unquote, this is how the, the people will spin it: WWE rejects turn up in all elite wrestling. Now, I think you have to look on it a case by case basis, like you would any business, and say, well, what can this person add to add to my bottom line? And look, if you want one, it's not necessarily a criticism, but if you want one. Uh, not even a negative, I can't think of the right word, but something that AEW could add is more big dudes. I think Luke Harper's like 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". You know, he's got the height, and I think that will allow him to stand out. I mean, do you see him going there? And also, what do you see for the other guys? I mean, to me, Sin Cara goes back to Mexico, not sure about the Ascension. Uh, I mean, for all four dudes, though, man, if you if you were sort of controlling their careers, where would you like them to uh, to arrive? Yeah, I don't I don't know about uh, Luke Harper immediately going to AEW, just because, like you said, just filling with WWE guys so quickly. Even it's been a few months since they started, but I mean, they're still go like just in their beginnings. So I wouldn't necessarily want him to go to AEW at the start. I would kind of want him to be on the independent circuit and then see what happens to see if he's still as big as he was when he left. You know what I mean? Still got yeah. that same momentum. Because I feel I like I out of all three of them. Uh, uh, Luke Harper's got the biggest buzz around him right now. Like he's the one everybody's going to keep their eye on. Yeah, I think so. I, I especially given the the road that he had to take to get here. What about Sin Cara? I mean, my my, my you know, I have all the territories in wrestling. Mexico is mine. Yeah. I don't know much about Mexico, but I'd have to imagine that he's got a place back. You know, in CML, CML or, or, like that. Yeah, or yeah, Rush or something like that. Yeah, AAA, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Probably go. Probably fit in best down there. Which would explain why WWE probably sat down and had a chat. That's not a threat to WWE. Mm-mm. Like, you know, if, if he turns up in there, like, you know, Russian bandido aren't, aren't on WWE's, uh-oh, they're going to, you know, take us out of business list. And that's, that leaves us with the Ascension, which is the most interesting one. Because I don't know, I have no idea what to do to do with those guys. I mean, they don't really, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but they don't come across like AEW guys, maybe Impact, maybe MLW, maybe they just do the indie thing. I mean, is there anywhere you can kind of place them? I'd say I'd say mostly in the indies or yeah, somewhere maybe one of the uh, not as big uh, 
companies like like you said impact and everything else because i'll tell you what the the biggest thing i remember from the ascension i can't remember the last time they had a match the biggest thing i remember from them <laughs> were the fashion files <laughs> they were good in them though right they were i quite i quite enjoyed them. they've certainly got um yeah they're not you know some wrestlers take themselves too seriously and i don't think they fit into that box at all which i <laughs> which i like but no it is crazy like again if you're a long-term fan um you, you know you remember that you know we used to get past wrestlemania season or during wrestlemania season and loads of guys would get cut and they'd get released and that was just wwe you know cleaning the closet which is a horrible way to put it but it was and some people you were surprised about some people you were happy about not happy about but you thought they'd be able to get better opportunities elsewhere but this is the real you know when people talk about ratings and stuff this is the real battle between AEW and wwe is that it creates this wonderful uh environment where wrestlers can leave and that's okay because you're going to have people that want you to come in, especially if they feel like you've been underutilized in WWE. And I and that's that's the best thing. That's why I don't get this whole oh I want so and so to die like we already talked about. No, I want their I like this. This is what I want. I want <laughs> Batista, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, I I want I, I want there to be. Yeah, I just want there to be this this open this open door policy for people that even when and again it must be really hard to get to WWE and then not achieve that yeah. dream you've got on your head head. So I just think it's great that now there is somewhere else potentially that you can go. I think that's good for everybody and the fans. Oh yeah, it just it's just more opportunity in general outside WWE. It's changed even in the few years I've started watching. It went it from it went from WWE's just everywhere and that's really the kind of the stopgap and now it's like no it's it's gone back down to the indies and other promotions there's more people willing to watch them be, because more people are willing to go there yeah we'll talk about that in one second but as batista's name came up uh, i don't know whether you've seen the news they, they both kind of mm-hmm. broke in the last few hours um yeah uh, batista is going into the wwe hall of fame in 2020 oh, good. Uh, a- a- along with the nwo and the nwo consists of hulk hogan uh kevin ash scott hall and um uh six pack what's his real name uh i can't remember his real name thanks brain uh but yeah they're all going in let's start with batista when i saw that i just had an overwhelming film- feeling of hell yeah because for some reason, I just love Batista. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> There's just something I really... I just get a kick out of him. I just get a real a real kick out of Batista. Uh, I think that he's underrated in many ways. I think his series with The Undertaker was awesome. And you could even argue that maybe he's kind of the last big... The last good big guy. I think I'm being a bit harsh there to some other people. But, you know, he always felt to me like everybody was on his back trying to paint him as just another WWE guy. But actually, no, he was really decent. He was really, really good. So I think, I to me... I think he should uh, headline the damn thing. Oh yeah, I could I could definitely see that happening. I think he'd be, it'd be something well deserved for him. Um, I remember I don't remember what after pay per view it was. I saw the uh, WWE twenty four or whatever three sixty or whatever they call them, where they oh, yeah, have yeah. like a little mini documentary about civic wrestler. I just saw the one of Batista, and I'm like, this guy really has been through quite a bit. I think he. He deserves all the good good things about him. Good things yeah. he had, good things said about him. No, I, I totally agree. I, I still think he's underrated. I do. I think when people look back on his career, they kind of paint him with a with an unfair brush. I, I, I think he rocks. Like I, I really, really do. And I think it's um yeah, the, if he, I think People magazine broke it, but everybody's got the quotes now. He's really humbled, you know, you know, all the 
all the uh, all the usual stuff, and he's worried about doing a speech because if you know anything about Dave Batusta or how you pronounce his real name, he's actually quite a quiet, introverted guy, which always which, which always cracks me up. What do you think about the other one going in? Obviously, Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. Uh, I don't think if Sean Waltman. Thank you, Brain. Has Sean Waltman gone into the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I'll look as I talk. What do you think about the Hall of, um, the NWO going in as a, as a foursome? They hadn't gone in before. It's only they only had gone in, indiv- in individually. Ah, I can't talk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't think Sean Waltman mm. has gone in, but I'm saying that I don't. I could be absolutely. He probably went in 2019 for all I know. I can never remember. But yeah, as far as let's say that he's not, it doesn't matter. But yeah, so yeah. it's definitely Hogan and Hall and Nash going in for the second time, much like they did with the Four Horsemen, you know, a few years ago. But I was just thinking about it, and I don't know. I mean, maybe. I tell you why I'm thinking about 2019 because DX went in and Sean Waltman went in because of that. <laughs> but I, I, well, you, you tell me, man. I mean, obviously the NWO had a huge impact on wrestling. You know, oh, yeah. they were one of the reasons why we had the Monday Night Wars. And yet, for some reason, here I sit and Batista gets announced. I'm like a hundred percent, and the NWO get announced. And I'm a bit like, eh, I don't know. Am I being, am I being harsh? I guess is my question. I think it just depends on what perspective you want to look it through, because if you say just by how much influence they had on the wrestling industry, you say, oh, yeah, definitely. They were game changing. If you want to say the long term effect and how good it was, that could be a different story (laughs) just because it was like, okay, now it's a little too much. Yeah, I think that's and I also I think I'm being a bit. um, uh, I think my personal feelings get in the way of my professional feelings. But, you know, each of them, well, not, not, not so much Scott Hall. Scott Hall's almost gone through a redemption story, right? But Kevin Nash, I have a story about Kevin Nash. I can't tell, but one day I'll tell it. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Nash, it was about me, me and Phil met him at Starcast, the first one. And let's just say he didn't do much to endear himself to me. Oh, no. <laughs> but I won't tell that story yet because it's not, it's not the time. But obviously Hulk Hogan has been through so much. And I always say this, look, it, it's up for individuals to make up where they stand on Hulk Hogan. I've made it very clear where I stand. I just find it very difficult now. I find the relationship very difficult. And I think that probably ties into my opinion on, uh, yeah, on, on this happening, which is ridiculous because it's, you know, other people have gone in and I don't know. I, I was just surprised when I saw the NWO was going in. It just, I just, I just went, well, okay. But then I saw Batista and I was happy again. Surprised NWO didn't go in sooner. Yeah, I mean, because they were, that's the thing. Like that, that's the thing. It's, there is no way, you know, without the NWO, without the Hogan Leck drama, Bash of the Beats 96, and without the Outsiders, you maybe don't get the Monday Night Wars. Like, it was a huge, not only was it a huge reason as to why it started, but it was a huge reason why we had this kickstarting of stables, right? You know, I probably get my timelines wrong here, but I'm pretty sure they came along. And then you had DX, you had The Nation, you had The Disciples of the Apocalypse, you had, uh, there were so many, I didn't need to go through them all. You know, they made them cool again. And really, we haven't seen that many since. I mean, I think of Evolution and then you think of nonsense like, what was that? The Nation of, with Seamus and Bruce Evans. Oh, no, no, what was, what was the, 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 with Seamus and, with Seamus, <laughs> Wade Barrett, Rusev, and Alberto De Rio. They had the worst. They were awful. Oh, League like, of oh, Nations, not... was it? There we are, the League of Nations. Yeah, like we don't really speak about them for <laughs> but but we do about the ones when NWO came along because yeah, they you know they made it they made it cool again. They made wrestling cool again. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have got to Generation X and all of this. So I, I do get it. I guess there's just more personal stuff being being tied into it. I'm also a bit surprised given that the Hall of Fame isn't for four over four months away. Oh no, just under four months away. I think it's April the second or something like that. It's a bit early. To, to be releasing this stuff but i guess what difference does it make ultimately yeah. want to get those so, yeah. announcements in early 
Yes, yeah, exactly. Get those tickets sold, brother. <laughs> but yeah, so you know they're all going. Oh, it's into not the a, it's not a public thing anymore, right? Ever since uh, that oh, fan jumped Bret Hart, right? Oh, they actually—I I don't know about that. That's a very good point. I know they've moved the day because they now have all these events going on around. But I think I think it happens on Thursday. I think it happens the day before SmackDown. But uh, yeah, I have absolutely no idea. I've yeah, I don't. No I don't idea. know if it's true. I thought I'd heard or read or something like after that incident, they were going to make it not open to the public anymore. It was hey, just going to be uh, streamed and uh, by invite. You could be right, man. I mean. You, you can't blame them. No. <laughs> so, you know, a, a legend of the wrestling business got attacked by some moron. Mm-hmm. I can completely understand why they would why they would shut it down. What I've never really talked about that on this podcast because I was at WrestleMania. You know, very lucky, obviously. But what did you think when that happened? Because I was sat in Madison Square Garden watching the New Japan Ring of Honor show, and I was just baffled. I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, absolutely crazy." Just somebody desperate for attention, and unfortunately, yeah. that's what some wrestling fans are—desperate for I attention. Just, get because I was over. Yeah, I always think like that. Like, you know, put yourself in that person's shoes. Like, imagine we went to the Hall of Fame, right? And I said to you, oh, James, how about you run in and you attack Bret Hart? You would look at me and go, Simon, I'm not. What are you talking about? Like, what the hell? A, yeah, like, hey, what? No. Like, maybe you say it's a joke or something. But even then, you'd be like, well, obviously, I'm not going to do that. But somebody not only had the thought, probably bounced it off his mates. That's what people. And then he actually did it, especially a guy like Bret Hart that's had strokes and massive health issues. Honestly, it's still it's still absolutely uh it crushes me. Yeah, it absolutely crushes me because that is the, yeah, that is. I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's, there's no words for for what went down there. It makes no sense. But yeah, those would be going in the Hall of Fame. Who else do you think goes in this year or next year? Because you know the same names come up all the time: The Rock, The Undertaker. But I don't think you can put them in now. I think you have enough star power off the NWO and Batista. You don't want to overdo it because we will get to 2021. And in 2021, you'd be like, yeah, we don't have anybody else to put in the Hall of Fame. And they're putting the NWO in there because they love nostalgia. So can you think of it? I, I was sat down there. I thought, okay, who's, I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm just, you know, being honest. I was like, who are the B? That's not fair. But who are the level beneath these guys? There's a reason these two got announced first. Can you think of anybody? I've got absolutely nobody. I got, I got nobody that comes to mind. The only thing I can, no. ideas I can think of are like take people from those same eras, like put somebody in from uh, NWO era that was around them and then somebody around Batista's uh, prime and just kind of do a mix of that. But as far as names come up, I can't, nothing comes to mind. No, man, I put Sean Waltman in. I don't think he's in. There you go. You can induct him <laughs> twice on the same night. Uh, right, moving on. Um, I want to talk, uh, we'll do Raw now. I know everybody's seen it, but I just, I, I can't, I can't sit here and have a conversation about wrestling and not talk about this preview. I want to find the actual preview because it is written it is it's hilarious oh. like, it, it is absolutely brilliant the way they've written about this um about this divorce but as always i can't find the preview because wwe's website just changes every day <laughs> it just changes all the time yeah i can't find it for the life of me but basically rusev and lana are getting divorced on Raw. I don't know what that means. I want everyone to be clear. And there we go. Right, I found it. Rusev to officially divorce on Raw. And this is a quote. I am not reading. This isn't me throwing in some verbiage. This is what it says on WWE.com. It's finally happening, people. <laughs> it's <laughs> finally happening. <laughs> and with the people. Like, this is great straight away. After weeks of psychological warfare, marital strife, uh, extraneous makeout sessions, restraining orders and arrests, Rusev and Lana will finally divorce on this week's Raw. Finally. On paper, bracket, so to speak, this should be a net positive for both. Then a, a comma that doesn't need to be, uh, sorry, a, a, um, 
Uh, which I can't, my brain's gone. Anyway, now Lana is free to cavort with Bobby Lashley as much as she likes, while Rusev can start his own life anew, free from his less than blessed union. <laughs> Theoretically, this should all go smoothly and without incident, but nothing has been so simple with these two for a time now. Strap in and get ready. That is like something I'd read on Reddit, right? Like it's, it's really, really oddly, oddly written. So, dude, just give me a couple of uh, impressions. One, look, some people love the Rusev Lana and Bobby Lashley stuff, and I'm not against it. As I always say on my Twitter, if you are entertained by what WWE is doing, then more power to you. Just because somebody is shouting they doesn't like it doesn't mean that you shouldn't. If you, you win, basically, you absolutely win if you're enjoying what WWE is putting out. But, dude, James, what do you think about all of this? This is that soap opera part of wrestling that I tell people about. <laughs> this reminds me of uh, my girlfriend. I started watching, well, what one of those TLC shows with her? Or was it Ninety Day Fiance or something? And I'm like, yeah, it's just it's just cheap drama. It's just <laughs> something like you would wa- little popcorn thing. You just watch it, wait, and what happens? Uh, that's just what it makes me think of. But <laughs> it's like that. That's probably where they. Where it's probably what inspires from. them as well. Do you? get anything out of it though or do you have the feeling of you know i just want to turn off my television right now and pretend this isn't happening i get the feeling that I, <laughs> i'm just like i'll just skip past this this yeah this, not some i particularly want to see in my wrestling but that's just not, me no no but that's cool I, I i always say that as well and you know sometimes but people get really mad about that but <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I am so excited to provide a live divorce on Raw. Like, Raw has become, I'm not going to lie, Raw is my favorite wrestling show because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not saying that it's good. I'm saying it's so mad and you just never know what they're going to do. I can't help but get excited about it. Car Crash TV. I, I mean, that's what it's become. And I, I kind of like that. I mean, long term, it's, it's certainly a dangerous way to book. But I mean, I'm stealing this from the Wrestling Observer, but the, the, it was Brian Alvarez. The best outcome I've come of this, because Dave Meltzer made a great point as well, is that this is amazing. We're having the divorce before we've even had a match. <laughs> it's like, it's so true. Wrestling, which is all about matches, is now going, this storyline is, is whole hog. Just, you know, the storyline and, and the campiness and the soap opera. But yeah, they said it should be something like, uh, you know, this sets up a match. Like, obviously, they, they don't divorce properly. And so they all set up a match. If, Luce, if Rusev wins, Lana has to go to SmackDown, which obviously splits up Bobby Lashley and Lana. And if Bobby Lashley wins, uh, Rusev has to go to SmackDown. And it's the end of it. I thought, you know what? That actually makes sense. That's a really well uh, put together angle, which is probably probably why it won't happen. But in terms of someone that will sit down to watch Raw, if you plan to do so, I know some people don't. What do you want to see from this? Like, is there anything they can do to make you more interested? Like, yeah. What was your ideal scenario? Push Rusev at the end of this. But how does it end? He beats him and then what? What happens to Lana? Does he get back with her? I mean, I don't get it. I, I would just imagine that Lana just stays with Lashley and just becomes his manager or something similar. But it's such a weird ending to a story, isn't it? You don't have any... Re- apart from the payoff of, you know... Oh, he beat him in a match. I don't know. It's just so strange. Yeah. It's just so, 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 so strange. But yeah, that is happening on Raw. I don't think anything else has been announced. Uh, we do have some matches with TLC, though, finally, which I presume they'll, they'll get more later. But we have uh, Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, a TLC match. Uh, we do have Rusev versus Bobby Lashley. I think they're going to confirm that later. Um, and of course, this is what I'm most interested about. I think it's confirmed pretty much. We have Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse version, taking oh. on The Miz. And this whole Miz Wyatt storyline has got me so fascinated. I thought they delivered really well on SmackDown. And if it does lead into a match at a pay-per-view where I get to see, you know, the red jumpered uh, Mr. Rogers type guy having a fight, 
I think that is very smart by everybody involved in terms of keeping that character interesting. I'm not saying that I, I, I was done with The Fiend. I'm certainly not. But I just think it makes so much more sense. I'm probably adding in the dots here. Well, sorry, drawing in the dots here. But, you know, The Miz and Bray Wyatt haven't really had any beef together. So here, Bray Wyatt doesn't feel like he needs to bring out The Fiend. So he sticks to his more quote-unquote nice character. Obviously not so nice last week. What did you make of it, man? Did you catch SmackDown? Because honestly, it was, if you had told me we were going to do Wyatt versus Miz, I would have rolled my eyes a little bit. No, that's not fair, but I've been a little bit skeptical. But genuinely think that it's excellent. Yeah, I can. That's that's an interesting thing because the way I can see that playing out is um, Bray, the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt just comes out just like I'm happy and let's let's have fun. You want to you want to join? And Miz just starts beating his ass, and then at the end of it, lights go out. Near the end, lights go out, and he's just got the mask on, and then it just switches. I'd be up for that. I think it'd be. I think it offers something different as well. Oh yeah, which you know, which I really like. Maybe Daniel Bryan comes back with his new look. You know, uh, <laughs> no hair. I mean, I mean, it's not the worst idea to do because we've entered a world now where TV is more important than the pay per view. Like one of the reasons we don't have any matches for TLC is that you know Vince Vince McMahon has the numbers and he sees that most people sign up for the pay per view within the you know two days, one day beforehand. So you don't need to build it anymore. We we, we live in a different world. But I do think that we need to try and balance that out a little bit. So if you have something massive that people want to see, which is Daniel Bryan coming back, it may just convince you, oh, maybe I should pick up the network. Maybe I should pay more attention to pay-per-views because I want to be a part of the, the reaction the reaction when it happens. And now, the other thing is this. Now The Fiend has done this, surely it ends with Daniel Bryan beating him for the title. And that's the classic WWE story. Not WWE, that is the classic wrestling storyline, right? Which is the good guy gets his revenge, which makes us all feel satisfied. I mean, WWE doesn't do that a lot. But do you know what I mean? And where, where would you like to see it go? So you, you're booking everything from TLC, Miz versus Bray Wyatt. How do you get Daniel Bryan back involved? And what's the kind of payoff to it all? Hmm. Well, from what I've seen, I haven't watched any of the television shows, but from what I can piece together from them, it seems that uh, he's starting to re-embrace the Yes movement. Yeah. And I guess he tries to utilize that and use it use the uh, power to beat Bray Wyatt with it I'm just trying to think if I would want him to actually win or if I think of a reason why he wouldn't be able to I'm not sure that's the thing though isn't it it's like you, you kind of don't want the belt to be taken off Bray because we're all in behind him but Daniel Bryan surely has to get something off of it otherwise it's strange I was like I'll pick you up on as well did you say you haven't been watching Raw and Smackdown recently nope is that because you've been <laughs> watching AEW well, AEW and just the fact that that's really what my time can allow. Yeah, yeah no, that's what. There's so many other things that <laughs> I want to do, and with my spare time, that wrestling can't. I can't watch all of wrestling, so I just kind no, of, of catch the bits and pieces. I usually see what I just see things on Reddit, and I'm like, okay, I just stay kind of updated. <laughs> and I watch videos that way. But that's great, though, man, because that is a, is a perfect segue. What is it that AEW is doing right? Because we last talk, talked in the summer, so, you know, AEW's gearing up to gearing up to go. Obviously, now they're they're knee deep in it. What is it that All Elite Wrestling is doing right now that when you sit down with your wrestling time, you know, your wrestling dollars, you decide you're going to spend that on All Elite Wrestling as opposed to WWE? I think the biggest thing is just they built up the goodwill and they built up just the fact that I want to watch them. It's a new product. It's something. It's not. It's not as big as main wwe but at the same time it's something that they've built it's something that they've made me get invested in 
because watching BTE and then seeing AEW form has made me want them to succeed. Just and go way above and beyond anything else. Okay, I want to phrase this the right way. I am exactly the same as you. I want to make. I want. I want because there's still a point where they could vanish tomorrow, right? You know, they're oh, not yeah. a. You know, they are a secure company, but they've been going ten weeks. Like we, we see these things happens all the time. Luckily, they're doing well in the ratings, and you know they are doing. And while it has taken somewhat of a hit because we live in a world where expectations will shift depending on the success that people have, and AEW was so high out the gates. Now that it's balanced out, people are like, oh, it's not as anyway crazy. Is there anything you'd like to see them do better at the moment? Like, are, are there things that you watch and go, we can Those work on that? Issues from Wednesday, well, the sound. Yeah, like because I deliberately this uh, this week I deliberately you know if you, if you go on YouTube for ten seconds you can find live feeds from TNT right it's just a, it's not, it's not pretend otherwise they are there they get pulled but you can find them and people have been moaning to me so much about the live feeds from TNT I, you get a few things on fight but not all of them and I thought right I'm going to watch the first twenty minutes I'm going to find one of these full shows that gets put up and I'm going to listen and man it's just crazy like I don't really understand what's going on because TNT obviously are a TV company that's been going for ages it's not like AEW are a startup and they are a startup but they have money what yeah. is that like i don't know and you're sort of experiencing firsthand what on earth is going on do you have any idea some somebody's got to mix the volume <laughs> mix the sound <laughs> properly but but why would no one be doing that that's what i don't get why would nobody be doing that i'm guessing in, it was something in the setup because they fixed it later on well they adjusted it you could hear the commentators much better like they sounded normal they didn't sound like they were underwater and, but you could hardly hear the in-ring, so it kind of took away from it. Because, like, well, I can't hear their bumps or I can't hear the crowd reaction. It still looks good, but that sound is, like, a quarter to half the equation to a good match. you got to hear those bumps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, 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 I've always said this. You can put something on YouTube, and if the visual, the video isn't great, but the audio is fine, most people will be okay. But if the video is fine and the audio sucks, everybody will moan. Because that's, you know, you can interact with a bad picture, but you can't interact with bad sound because it's really grating. It's like when you're listening to old school radio on FMAM over here in the UK. It's impossible if it keeps going out, you just turn it off because I can't handle that white noise, that static. It's the same with AEW. Like if it's, if it's annoying you, <laughs> which it certainly sounds like these tech issues have been doing to a lot of people, you know, you're going to turn it off. What about the actual product itself? Because I actually thought last week they did a much better job with the women's division. And I know it's early, but... You know, I, I do completely agree with this idea that we have a lot of random tag team matches. I don't really know who people are. And my biggest criticism, and I came into it for a lot of <laughs> heat we'll go with. We use the wrestling terminology this week. After I had seen the promo with MJF that aired on Twitter and social media about the Butcher and the Blade, I think that whole angle is great. It's something that I said I hoped to happen when they first debuted. The reason I didn't like the angle that they did on Dynamite is because, you know, they had that Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny promo, and in hindsight, I was like, why didn't we take that out and put the MJF promo in when he says, look, I hired these guys to get Cody Rhodes? Because it single-handedly leads that feud. It gets rid of any questions you don't have answering. And it's things like that that I don't get. Again, I don't get mad about it. I don't think, oh, screw you, AEW, you're going to die. I just don't understand why they would go that direction. And I just wondered if you had any sort of thoughts on it. Well, the only thing I can think of is their mission statement right now is to get the get get the lower roster over get new people yeah. over like that is the entire thing and the way i can think of that is they didn't mjf is already here like he's in a thing with cody he doesn't he doesn't necessarily need any explanation or anything else or anything going for him um 
that's not the right way to say that, but that's what came out. I know what you mean. I know uh, you mean. <laughs> so I could just think, oh, we'll have the Butcher Bunny and the Blade um, just cut this and they'll be front and center. And then we add the MJF thing later to explain it. That's the only thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah, I just thought it's it just it's strange. Yeah. It's just strange to me. I just, uh, that's the explanation I wanted. And not everyone's going to be watching it on Twitter, etc. right? Like some people don't, like you said yourself, you only have a certain amount of time to spend on wrestling. There may be every chance you see an MJF promo, but you just skip by it, right? Like you say, you get a lot of your information from Twitter, but you're not expected to go and, uh, and check that stuff out. So you may just ultimately ignore it and then not realize it ties into an actual interesting point. Oh, yeah. Like I'd even see it on Twitter. I'm just like, oh, wait, this is on Reddit. <laughs> and I follow <laughs> yeah. MJF on Twitter. So it's like, oh, hey, where'd this yeah. come from? No, absolutely. And again, I'm not saying it, you know, it's the be all and end all. I'm just it's those small things that yeah, I, I just find I just find fascinating. Let's talk high points though. Obviously you've been watching each week. What do you really like about AEW right now? I feel like we're so quick to to jump on it, but you know, I mean we had that match between Kenny Omega and Pac a few weeks ago. Mm. Not even that long ago. It was just fantastic. Like I was I sat there going, like, man, I'm watching this. You know, I'm watching this on, on a television show. <laughs> like these are two of some of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. Like what's you know, what has again cemented your love where you're like man i'm gonna make sure i take my two hours each week to watch this it's respect for the wrestlers it's respect for what they do how they want to do it and the and just how much they love it they let the they let all the wrestlers just go out and they make their art they let them do what they want within within reason and within time no i think it's yeah, it's true. It feels far more. What's the word I'm looking for? I can't think. Far more fluid. Hate that word. I use it. It feels far more fluid than WWE. I think that's fair. I think you know, yeah, people do get a lot more time to, uh, yeah, shape their own characters, right? And there was a big debate the other day about writers versus obviously Cody and Tony Khan and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega writing everything. But I, you know, it, it does feel a lot more. That's the word I'm looking for. I kind of, it, it just, again, it feels a lot more free. I hate that word too. But it does feel a lot more free. Like WWE feels very produced. They've done very well with that. So you can't get too mad about it. Yeah. But their their product does feel like the guys have such, I mean, look at John Moxley, right? He has completely turned that character around. And that ties into the conversation we were having earlier about someone like Luke Harper. Because you think, oh, hopefully he can go back to being Brody Lee and we can get this kind of new fire and this kind of new passion. And we'll get this amazing character that, you know, gets you invested. I know loads of people that watch AEW now for John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose because they love the, the jump across that they've done. Oh, yeah. I love Moxley. And when he was when he was still Dean in WWE, it's like I didn't. I'm like, all right, cool. He's here. I don't there wasn't much there for me to get invested in. But now that he's doing what he wants, he has invested me. John John Moxley, his own character work. That's what's gotten me. It's nothing around. It's everything around him. Let me see him. But he's the one who caught me. Yeah. Do you think he's the guy? Because obviously beforehand, Kenny Omega was going to be the guy. Cody was going to be the guy. Maybe the Young Bucks were going to be the guy. But I have this, especially when we're doing this whole inner circle versus, um, you know, him. And he's kind of like this lone wolf. You know, do you, do you think he could be the person that and it's going to take time, obviously, but to stand out and get people to, to notice? Yeah, I think he's the next big guy. And just by the fact that whenever you see him do his entrance, it's something new. It's something every time he's coming in through the crowd, but it's through a different camera angle. It's through a different part of the stadium. 
one minute he's coming in through the bottom, one minute he's coming in through the top. And then it just makes him feel bigger. Everything about him makes him just feel, oh, this man could is going to come in and kick some ass and we're going to love watching it. Yeah. He Do demands you, that. I totally agree. Do you think that he has... Well, I can ask you, actually. Do you th- Has he won you over enough that, again, he's just announced that he's going to be facing Lance Archer at Wrestle Kingdom? Do you now go, well, I need to see that match. I'll go out of my way to watch the Wrestle Kingdom match. I will definitely watch that. I saw that he confronted him, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> but that's great, though, right? That's what we're missing from WWE. The guy that, again, makes you... you follow, that's what Chris Jericho did for New Japan a couple of years ago, right, with Kenny Omega. People follow Chris Jericho around. They're like, well, if he's going to go to New Japan, I'll watch New Japan, and it really helped. It's awesome that now John Moxley is having that same effect. Because there was no way that he was doing that two years ago. He couldn't have done. You know, he was, no. he was Dean Ambrose and having stuff shoved up his ass. <laughs> but we should talk about, uh, now Chris Jericho's come up. I know you don't agree with this at all. But look, I'll always, I'll always address the madness and the controversy going on on the internet. Obviously, Jungle Boy is going to be his opponent a week Wednesday. Uh, internet went nuts saying this shouldn't be happening because he's got like a zero and nine loss record, even though it's not for the title, blah, blah, blah. See, I don't mind. I have no issues with them having a win-loss record, but also being that it's wrestling and it's not real. (laughs) Having some fun with it too. I want to see Chris Jericho versus Jungle Boy because it's a match that I never thought I'd be able to see ever. It's just, you know, two completely different eras clashing. And I think if you have that on your books and you've got no plan to push Jungle Boy right to the top, which they don't, it's a real cool way to, again, give me something new that I'm not expecting and hopefully get Jungle Boy over in the process. But just give me your take on it, dude, because, again, I got bombarded with people going, <laughs> oh, they didn't stick to their word. I'm like, what, what, what word? What word are you talking about? Just they're going to make it more sports-orientated project. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't, you, you must have something similar in the States, but over here we have the FA Cup for football. And the way the FA Cup works is you can have a non-league team facing Manchester City. No one goes, oh, it's unbelievable. It's not like sports. <laughs> like, no, that's just what happens. And that can happen here. But, yeah, dude, what, do you, you know, what did you take from it? Well, and they explained it within the same segment because he said, it's my choice. I will, f- I have to, I have one more match for this year and I'm going to choose my opponent. And he, and it was within character too. He's like, not facing John Moxley, no, di- no dinosaurs, no small oh, children. So good. So good. <laughs> no, no John Moxley 20 billion times. <laughs> and then he looks at Jungle Boy and Probably knowing his win loss record, making making the the lexicon, not the list, as I keep wanting to say, <laughs> um, and he knows, hey, he's got a low record, like it's bad, so I'm just gonna pick on him. I'm just gonna get an easy win. Exactly, because that's up Jungle Boy, because I bet he's going to go much longer than the ten minutes. But that's you, you've hit the nail on the head. It, it, Jericho's being smart. He is taking a guy who knows he can win. Easy day for Chris Jericho. I've got one more contracted match to do. I'll pick this chump. He loses all the time. Easy payday for me. And yet nobody saw that. (laughs) On the subject of Chris Jericho, when we're talking about wrestlers of the year, obviously, what, two weeks left in 2019. Do you think he is into, is he the best wrestler of the year? Do you think he's had the best 2019 of everybody that you've seen? I think he's up there for me, top three to say the least. I think he's one of the best. I still think, I still have John Moxley as my, probably my favorite for the year. Hell yeah, man. He has definitely done so much for AEW. It would not be anywhere near as good or the status it is right now if they did not have Jericho. 
And this is why I find the other, because again, this ties into the Luke Harper stuff. One of the critics, not criticisms, one of the reactions I saw a lot on Twitter and social media, which I know is only a small segment of the fan base, but you get an idea, is people saying, oh, you know, Vince McMahon's let them go because they're all coming close to 40 and over 40. I'm like, this probably is true to a certain extent, but go back to the... Well, this is the whole point, right? Go back to the late 90s. Let Hulk Hogan go. He's done. Smashes it. Dustin Rhodes smashes it. We just talked about Chris Jericho. Didn't feel like WWE were treating him like a legend. Goes to AEW, smashing it. I think we've entered a world in pro wrestling now where age isn't irrelevant, but depending on your status and depending on what you've done with your career, you can go on way into your 50s and nobody cares. Look at Goldberg, The Undertaker. We love these guys. And if Chris Jericho wasn't in AEW right now, I'm sure they'd be doing well, but I don't think they'd be doing as well. And I think that's massive. Yeah, I don't – from all the incarnations of Jericho I've seen, this is the best one. His current form is taking him above and beyond anything else because he was good. Like you said, he was a legend before, but I think he's just something even more now with with what he – with the with the pain maker, with Le Champion. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I agree because, as I said, my kind of – and I want yours afterwards as well. Like, original Jericho and WCW I loved – Chris Jericho, WWE, I couldn't, I didn't get behind for whatever reason. Just one of those things. Whatever. It doesn't mean, I, he still knew he was good. Uh, the suit wearing Chris Jericho in 2008, I knew was awesome. But once again, he just wasn't my guy. Because we all have these weird intonations as wrestling fans. And then, you know, the list Jericho. I love, I love funny guy Jericho with, with things. But I think the version he's got now, where he can be equal parts serious, equal parts legends, and equal parts goofball, is so well balanced. It's perfectly pitched. Uh, while again if you listen to talk is Jericho you know that he has a massive ego he doesn't have an ego when it actually comes to wrestling though do you know what I mean like he puts everybody over he goes out of his way to make people and to think that what was happening to him in WCW where the likes of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were saying you're too small we're not going to put you over he could have easily have fallen into that trap too because it happens right you get cyclical uh, cyclical situations he didn't do that he's gone completely the other way while also maintaining his aura and I, that's why I think, yeah, like you said, I think 2009 Chris Jericho, 2019 Chris Jericho is the best one. But yeah, do give me your different impressions of the eras because everybody has a different a different idea when it comes to him. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, trying to remember what I've what, seen of what, all of them. So WCW Chris Jericho, did you know about him? Because you may not have done this. It may have just been. I started watching like the, uh, the WWE Network collections. I didn't get through yeah. it all, but I saw a few of his matches and he was – I mean, good wrestling. He was very good um, wrestling ability. And I'm sure, what was that, Lionheart? Or was that Lionheart, Chris Jericho? Or was that That's right, before? yeah. That, that, that's that kind, kind of, of era. Yeah, that, that's kind of... So Lionheart, Chris Jericho, is kind of his first good guy, uh, super duper dude. And then he morphs into asshole Chris Jericho in WWE. <laughs> the white who is, uh, So WCW. So WCW, before he gets there, who is just an absolute twonk, <laughs> but incredibly <laughs> entertaining. And then, yeah, he kindly brings that character over over into into WWE. Yeah. I enjoy Y2J, mainly just because I find a gimmick about the Y2K <laughs> incident just funny to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Especially cool now we're at the back. time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Did you, see, did you get any of his 2008 run? Did you see mm -mm. any of that? Because a lot of people love that. Now, which one was that? The suit? Yeah, the, the suit when he talks suit. slow. Yeah, that's right. He talks slow and he doesn't, you know, he didn't give anything away and he told WWE to stop selling his merchandise. You know, he went all in. Like, he wanted to be a proper bad guy here, which I massively respected. Like, it was, yeah, it was, it was, you know, all in or, or don't bother. And they said, okay, we'll go all in. So he can obviously do it. He's got that he mode. 
They can, but th- that's why I thought it was funny the other day when you know he's playing this super bad guy character, clearly trying to get bull, but uh, booed. But he's still um, he's still he selling what, twelve. But they're still ten twelve thousand bottles of that bubbly champagne <laughs> wine or whatever. I'm one of them. I, I am a. Did you buy some? Oh, dude, amazing! Has it come? No, it it ships. I think it's supposed to ship this week. But I remember when they first announced it, I was tr- I was on there and I'm I was refreshing my page constantly, <laughs> and I, I had a realization. I'm like. Oh, I'm all. I'm really in. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're all I in, my friend. Those wrestling marks, dude. When it comes, please let me know what it's like. Because <laughs> I really want it to be crap. How good would that be if Chris Jericho uh, said crap champagne because he's a bad guy? I'd love it. I'd love it. Uh, I, I get the feeling uh, I'll keep one for the home, and then I'll take one on the on the Jericho cruise. Hell yeah! Just, just because it's appropriate. Absolutely. Well, let me know, dude. Let me know. And also, before we do wrap up, obviously, you're going to Dynamite this Wednesday, which is uh, which is cool. I mean, dude, just give me some. And it's a bit ridiculous, but obviously, you're looking forward to it. But it's, I imagine it's your first AEW show, right? No, I um, I've been. I went to All Out. Of course, you did. Of course, yeah. you did. But it's your first TV taping. Yes, it is. It's so, the first TV. Uh, how, I, 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 you have to remind me. I talk to. I always forget. Have you been to a WWE show before? I have not been to any WWE shows. So right, this okay, this will be really interesting. Yeah, first television taping. Okay, well, do definitely let me know what you think about that as well. I imagine you're pumped for it, though. I imagine oh, you're definitely. To it. There's a match card for Dynamite as well this week, isn't it? And I think it's actually pretty good. Have you seen it? Uh, the only ones, the only matches I saw were what they announced on the last show. Uh, there were, there's, it's two. It's, oh, who was it? It was Cody and QT Marshall, I think it was, versus That's the, right. Uh, yep. Butcher Bunny and Blade. And then I can't remember the other one. There was oh, it was uh, Santana Ortiz versus the Bucks in a. That's Texas right, street fight. fight. That's right, dude. This is good. This is good stuff, man. Oh, dude, I'm there. It is. I found it. Yeah, I know it's Cleveland. I've got it wrong, dude. That's a good card, man. That'd be really, really interesting. Well, definitely let me know what you think about it. Let me know what it's like live because you always get a different. You you really kind of see behind the scenes when you're there. You kind of. You know, it's, it's the small things. Actually, to be fair, with AEW Dynamite, if you're watching on Fight Network, you get a lot of that. It's so weird, like when they start playing people's music again from nowhere because they know they're coming back from advert. <laughs> it's incredible. Like WWE does that all the time. Like, what? You're like, oh, yeah, they just uh, they just need to bring them back in. Oh, we'll do a look. I hope you have a good time, man. So definitely, definitely drop me a line. I need to know about the bubbly <laughs> and, I need to know about, and I need to know about Dynamite. These are the two things I need to know about. Oh, definitely. I just, I'll be looking forward to not having to deal with <laughs> those ads that are constantly playing on TNT. Oh, dude, I tell you. I tell you, I, I do. The coolest thing about the fight one is they just don't have adverts. Oh, they're and nice. You just get to see, like that segment with Jericho when he was backstage before he was coming out for one of his segments. And oh, man, he just went and he went and he went. And he was insulting everybody. I was like, this is gold. I mean, you know, it lacks the pizzazz and the production values because it's not on television, but who cares? Like, it's. <laughs> um, and sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Sometimes I think, this segment's been going on a bit long. I'm like, oh, no. It's because it's, it's because we're actually advert. an advert. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't. What do you think of the picture-in-picture stuff? I hate it. Anytime I see it, like, I hate it. I don't like picture-in-picture. You mean where they kind of shrink the action? Yeah, and, yeah, I can't stand it. it just I mean, I understand me. it because they're like, well, we still want them to see what's happening. And they do have to have some hard cutaways to the just ads and no picture. Yeah. So I, I get it, and I do appreciate it for what it is. Because yeah, you still not, get to see the wrestlers do what wrestle. 
Yeah, I just I don't know what it is. I just don't like it. It's one of those things. I just don't like it. It's just not a. It's, yeah. it's just not my thing. Uh, okay, so that that's where we're at. Like I say, I know that you're already going to know what's happened on Raw and stuff, but such is life. Um, I want to get these podcasts done, and you got you got to roll with the punches. But James, thank you for joining me, man. And definitely, I want I need to know about all these things. So you have to <laughs> drop me a line, especially the drink. I, I love the fact you bought some of that. I'm pretty sure it's sold out. I'm uh, it, it, it did temporarily. Uh, they might have made a few more in stock i'd have to look at the website because they were still advertising it on last week's what, show what is the website do you remember a uh, little bit of the bubbly doc it is actually that right i'm gonna look now i want to see if you have a little it, bit of the bubbly Can i, I think it's just bubbly a little a little bit of bubbly <laughs> it's just what even is wrestling anymore i can't yeah, a little bit of the much. bubbly okay a little bit of the bubbly I think uh, Knocking Point is the company they're partnering with. Right, it makes sense. I just want to see if it's sold out or not. Oh, you're right, it's Knocking Point, yeah. Now you can add it to your cart right now. Yeah, pre-order now. Bottles will begin shipping the second week of December, which is now absolutely fantastic. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I love it. It's so funny. It is so funny right there. So we found and someone. Uh, Let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you I'm know how they, uh, how they take it with me taking on the uh, Jericho cruise. Yeah, do it. Do it. Take, take, take a picture of everything, the packaging, everything. Send it to me and I'll get it out there, man. I want to. I think it's hilarious. I just imagine um, popping that while they're taping the show on the cruise. Oh, that's what they want, dude. Trust me. They want that. They want that massively. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee. Uh, right, dude, James, thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. No problem at all. I love being here. And- Ah, it's awesome. It's always awesome. Again, if you want to come on the podcast, you can. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Even if you can throw a dollar in there, it really does help me keep these podcasts going. Uh, it's that classic thing about needing to find a way to justify the time. That's life, right? Finances. We move on. Enjoy Raw. I know it's a bit late, but uh, we will be doing an extra podcast, obviously, later today, which will be live on YouTube. Uh, just go to youtube.com. Uh, it's actually forward slash the Miller Report Rules. Just search for Simon Miller, and you'll see me in my wrestling gear. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. I have some wrestling merchandise, which you can get for Christmas if you want to give someone the ultimate Christmas gift which is uh, simonmiller.bigcartel.com going to have some new designs in there in the in the new year as well so keep an eye out for that otherwise thank you as always for downloading me listening to me I absolutely love it James thank you to you as well and we will talk to you all again very soon yeah.